everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. I'm Vinny Caravella, joined by Alex Navarro. Hi, Vinny. Hi. Hi, Brad Shoemaker. Hail. Hail and howdy to you. Hail and well met. Um, Okay. Sure. And a hail Moloch to you, too. (laughs) I'm saluting with a fist in some fashion. Sure, I got you. You're you're uh, uh, non-fascist aligned weird Mm -hmm. salute. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's harder and harder to find. Remember, I guess this is the fascist salute. Okay, this is this is the power salute. Okay, so you did. No one can uh, see what I'm doing. Yes. It's literally just me turning my arm one way or the <laughs> yes, other. Back so. of the fist towards me, or front yeah. of the fist. Something, um, something, something. Super Earth. I yep. think. Uh, I think what you're referring to is Hell Divers Two. Sorry, uh, with, I, did, I, did, I didn't mean to derail this podcast with video game talk. No, I know. please. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you rail this podcast? How dare you have enjoyed a video game and are I'm anxious sorry. to talk about it? I'm sorry, but it's all I can think about. Um, yeah. We, we played some more last night. Hey, get this. We played some more last night for funsies. Like, quite literally, I think all of us sat down at the beginning of that and we're just like... It's been a while. Is there a stream button we need to hit right now? <laughs> yeah. Are we recording... I- I don't play multiplayer games with friends like hardly ever. Like it's 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 all been for work for the yeah. last several years of my life and Same. it's not because I'm anti doing it. It's just yeah. that like I don't think about it in non-work hours, but like this was one where I was like you guys were like, "Hey, what if we got together and played some more Helldivers?" And I was just like, "Yeah, what yeah. if we got together and played some more Helldivers? That sounds <laughs> right. great." Like it felt weird to suggest that, you know. I was just like, "Man, my my suggesting we just get together and do things muscle has atrophied, you know." But like, I'm the same way. Part of that is part of that is that we play enough multiplayer games on streams that, like, mm-hmm. by and large, it just kind of satiates my desire to do that stuff. Oh, right? you, have, yeah. you have a friend group you like, play with, right? Brad, well, once in a while. Yeah, that that one is it's a little sporadic, but that does help. But but yeah. but generally, like the the main thing is just like most of the games we play multiplayer. It's like, oh, that was fun for two or three hours. Yeah. Now I think I'm good. You know, it's like Lethal Company was an exception where it was like, oh, we should do several streams with this because it rules. Mm-hmm. But but generally, it's just like, oh, I'm getting my fill from our normal schedule. Enter Helldivers 2. Yeah. So we, uh, I was able to, I, I also, I do play with some other people. Like, like I play with my, my brothers and stuff like that, but it's different. Like, I don't play on the PC multiplayer as much. I play with some other fr- uh, friends. Uh, we play Satisfactory. So I do do it. It was just getting together with you guys and Will to play and wear my, <laughs> wear my Vinny's gaming headset because I don't have to lean forward onto a mic. I could lean back in the chair with my wireless mm-hmm. headset on. It was a real treat. Uh, yeah. And part two of that is there were definitely moments that I was like, ah, oh, I wish we were stra- <laughs> I wish we that were recording that. There were like half a dozen moments, even just from my perspective of like, man, I wish I had at least just been recording in the background just to yeah. have that on tape. Yeah. It's I'm so used to everything having been recorded. I was like, oh, that was amazing. I wish we had recorded that. Uh, but I'm sure if you're listening to this and you're listening to this because you enjoy these games and you enjoy hanging out with us as well, we will be streaming more Helldivers 2 in the future. So. Uh, I can almost guarantee it. Uh, anything else going on before we just jump right into Helldivers 2? I, I'll mention this. How about this? I um, uh, Moments before we did this podcast, my mic has been floofing a bit. You know, a little yeah. fuzz here and there. There's that little like, and yeah, then you're like, gone for a sec. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm like, oh, man, I'm so close to uh, uh, just tearing this whole setup down and rebuilding it over in my garage. Do I want to take everything apart now? And I have to take that compressor apart and open it up and see if a capacitor is gone or do whatever. I'm just going to do the thing that probably does nothing and spray some contact cleaner in there and just wiggle all the buttons around. 
and I was smart this time. And I was like, I'm going to move my water and my tea off of my desk. So the blowback from spraying the cleaner in the, in the pots and stuff like that doesn't enter my tea. So I don't get, you know, whatever petroleum is probably in there. And I put it on the floor and I put my water on the floor and then I sprayed it. And I was like, good for me. I'm so smart. And I was like, oh, I should go get a tissue and, and clean up all this extra stuff and immediately kicked over my entire full tea all there over you the go. floor. Well done. There it is. Yep. And then I uh, was like, you're an idiot, Caravella. Hmm. But this is not a finished floor. And this is probably the first time that cleaner water <laughs> has touched the floor, not sewage or I guess rainwater is pretty clean. I don't know. I mean, it's hot water. It'll kill some of those germs. It'll kill definitely kill them, probably the bugs it touched. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe it'll soak up some of the uh, uh, asbestos glue that was gluing the tile. I'm just kidding. I, I, they hopefully got all that up originally. I don't you, know. Usually my rule is if it's not sticky, it's like not a catastrophe. I mean, you don't, you don't ever want to spill beverages on anything if you no. help it. But if it's not, if it doesn't have sugar in it, I'm like, okay, this is recoverable. Yeah, yeah, the ants won't. Uh, I, you know, I put I do put a little sugar in my tea. Not a ton, not a ton. It's probably fine, and it's it's almost all evaporated here. I can see. Look, floors need a little sugar to survive. They do, just like uh, just like you, Alex. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit because you're yeah, already well, you're already too I sweet. To, I tend to consume a little more than just a little of it. Got that sweet tooth? Yeah, I do. Uh, anyway, that's my story. That's the banter. Now we can mm-hmm. talk about hell divers. Okay, let's do it. Uh, Hell Divers Two, the little engine that could. Where did Hell Divers Two drop out of? Okay, first of all, we should start with the important things. Brad, mm. name of your ship. Uh, my ship is the Distributor of Family Values. Very good, Alex. The name of your ship? Shit, I wrote it down and <laughs> then I forgot it. Um, I believe it is the progenitor of something, but I don't remember what it... uh, You know what? I'm going to go boot up the game and find out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mine is the ombudsman of the people. Uh, That one thing of being able to name your ship from... I don't know. What would you call that, Brad? The, like, the selector. I feel like we've... I I could almost tip of my tongue name the game where that was first a thing. We were like, the blank of the blank. Yeah, it's like a Mad Libs thing. You've just got two wheels full of words that you can mix and match. It's not a Destiny thing, right? No, I don't think so. Uh, It's it's very good, and you get your own ship. Um, We played this last Friday with Will, right? Yeah. Um, And, you know, it took us a little bit to kind of get the hang of it. It's... Uh, Four-player co-op, we played on PC. Uh, right now, currently, there is no cross-progression between PS5 yeah, and that's and a PC. real bummer. Just a yeah. real bummer. Not not to lead off with a complaint, but I started on PS5 on Thursday night before that stream, and then we got on Friday. It also it does have cross-play now, uh, but that launched pretty rickety yeah. from the sound of it, so we got on Friday morning and was just like, oh, let's all just play on PC to make sure we don't yeah. have to deal with cross-play problems. Got into the PC version and was like, oh, cross-save didn't make it for launch, so I had to start over, and now I have two sets of progress. Not that I played that much on PS5, but uh, cross-save is supposed to be coming at some point. So um, so we, we played on PC, and I, I have to say, the amount that I've played between that session and the session we played last night, it has been... Pr- pretty like non-eventful in terms of issues getting together to play a game we haven't gotten dropped i haven't crashed uh out yeah Um, minor bugs is all i've seen i'm not just talking about the enemies i mean just like little things around the world that are a little off but like i 
I, I have not run into any of the big shit that was apparently a problem when the game first launched. Yeah, I I ran into one weird, maybe funny bug that was easily solved when I joined your game last night, Brad, which was I got caught in the cargo bay, like outside the door yes. where you're supposed to come in, but like I just rejoined. Well, actually, I hung out in there for a while while you guys were setting up a mission and then just rejoined. Yeah. Um, it's four I, players. It's if you played Helldivers I, one, yes, the DNA is there. Like, so it's weird. As 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 we've been talking, I just pulled up the quick look of Helldivers <laughs> one, which I ran back in twenty fifteen. It looks like okay. God, I thought it was longer ago than that. I mean, that is nine years ago. Shut up! <laughs> you can't say that. Yes, I can. Um, twenty fifteen was nine years ago. Um. <laughs> Uh, now that you've thrown me for a loop, what was I going to say? I'd like, I've broken you. I'm like struck by actually, because I haven't played Helldivers in, in probably nine years since like shortly after it came out. Yeah, me I am, either. I am like struck by how much it's kind of the same game. Like it's all here. Like the hanging out on the bridge of your ship, playing with your cape physics, uh, the little galactic galactic war map that's got like fronts, you know? It's like, oh, yeah. here's where the bug front is. This is the system that's contested currently where you should go fight. Um, the, like, dude, the font and everything, like, it's kind of the same, like, I'd seen people saying it's kind of the same game, but I hadn't played the first game in so long, I had sort of forgotten. It is, like, super the same game. Well, okay. <laughs> Except for the perspective. Some changes. Except yeah. for the perspective. Like, the perspective is the big thing. The first and one the, was you know, top obviously the controls. scale, I think. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, obviously, they have gone way further with this one than the first one. The first one was top-down, and it was, like, a dual joystick game, yeah. four-player it was a four-player top-down dual joystick Starship Troopers kind of thing. Yeah, with with a with a kind of an emphasis on um, yes, the Starship Troopers, but also friendly fire. Right, you yes. had to you know you're sweeping your gun across, and this is very different in the gameplay in one versus two. In the top-down version, when you're sweeping your gun across, you could just hit your own characters. You know, at least in the third-person one. It feels a little bit more like you could aim around because yeah, you could aim up and around. Yeah, yeah, and there's height difference in the terrain yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and then the orbital, the orbital drop mechanics are the other big thing, which again is carried right over from the first game. You can get all manner of stuff dropped from a mothership. Yeah, uh, or your from, ship. Yeah, I guess from the ship you drop from. Yeah, which. Only hangs out for a few minutes during your mission, and then when the timer runs out, they take off. And They're you can't like, get we're drops here, anymore. Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a weird contrivance, maybe, but it's a good mechanic for getting you the heck out of there. Because yeah, um, the big thing that's tied to that, like you're talking about, Brad, which is they call them stratagems or these drops. That's how you reinforce when somebody dies. It's basically how you respawn another player, and after the mission timer's up. The mission doesn't end, but you can't reinforce anymore. So you're just left with the players that are there and you have to get out, which I'm kind of backing into this kind of core gameplay here, but works because on the map are a couple of main objectives, but it's littered with a lot of side stuff and side collectibles. So if you didn't have that timer or there wasn't consequence or or big enough consequence for that timer, you could just scoop up the map right you just go around scooping up the map for as long as you can because you're reinforcing or getting lives constantly but that's not the case yeah you, yes. you have a certain amount of time to do it efficiently and whether you're going to waste your quote-unquote time which is time is lives man uh mm -hmm. doing it is uh um your choice your choice to do 
Yeah, like I've I've really been thinking a lot about like why this game has is bowling me over like this because like on paper it feels like any number of other squad based PVE shooters, third person shooters. Um I think part of it is like the open world nature of it, part of it is all the decision making around the stratagems, part of it is how like brutal it is about the friendly fire. Yeah. Part of it is the explosion physics. Yeah, pretty over the top. Um like the, okay. the stratagems, like the, if you haven't played the first game or this one, like the, the stratagems are, it's everything from like orbital strikes, you know, it's like a napalm strike or just a straight up strafing run or whatever to like reinforcing dead teammates. Like you said, dropping uh, extra ammo and, and, and heals, um, heavy weapons, heavy weapons of all, of all kinds. Um, you know, you get, you can get, uh, dr- we don't have these unlocked at a little higher level drone support. Yes, I've There's seen um, drones flying around and watching Twitch streams. I've, I've, I've got it bad enough. I've got it bad enough for this game that I farmed the Twitch drop exclusive armor this morning. Oh, you did? What, like, how many did you have to watch? Uh, it's an, it's an hour cumulative, okay. but it's only, it's only like participating channels. So you have to like, just, yeah, just yeah. go pull up the list of channels that have drops enabled and what, and let it run for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I that, did that with Baldur's Gate. That, that armor has an exclusive perk on it. I'm looking forward to trying. Yeah. Is that time limited? Uh, it's all the 24th. I want to say. Oh, I gotta get like on that. that. I'll run that after this. Alice, did uh, you get the name of your ship? Yes. Progenitor of Audacity. Right. <laughs> Pretty good. Right. Right. And and so I'll just go back to the ship thing very quickly. A joke on its own, which would be pretty good. But when you're joining multiplayer, you see everybody's ship come in with the yeah. giant stenciled name of the yep. ship yes. on the side of it, which is just dumb. It's a, I, I, The tone I is all right. It's the tone. I mean, they're leaning harder into the Starship Trooper shit and the space fascist stuff, but they're doing it in a way that is look they're not Verhoeven but they know what they're doing they know what the, what what they're winking and nodding at and I think they do it in a way that is pretty goofy um the big thing for me with this is and I did play the original Helldivers but like you I did not play a lot of it past kind of when it came out just the scale of everything when you are down on the map like the the battles the the ways that like the the spawns of enemies and patrols and things happen the way they have sort of like built out the scenery around these different worlds that kind of evoke different war zones and and kind of, you know, like science fiction. Like, when you're on one of those robot planets and it's nighttime, that shit is just Terminator. Like, dude, like, literally in the middle of... We, we did one of the nighttime missions with the robots last night and in on the middle hard, of it, I was just, or, I was just like... Bumped up on, on challenging, I think yeah. that was our... It's got, like, eight or nine difficulty levels and the first two are, like, kind of slow and not super interesting and then it just pops off yeah uh, and it's not just the difficulty of the enemies they actually add more objectives like more things to do in a mission as you ratchet up the difficulty which is very appreciated but in the middle of that first challenging mission we did on the robot one of the robot planets i was just like this is the best terminator future war game ever made i mean totally. it's they terminator terminator it is in fucking credible being in the jungle at night with all these like just crazy amounts of red lasers flying over your heads and mortars shooting at you and like death robots coming in from every direction. Like the, like the amount of like dynamic decision-making and like skin of your teeth escapes and like, Oh my God, I have to run. I have to get some distance so I can punch in this like nine character code Mm -hmm. to drop a thing I need to drop and like try to strike these guys or whatever. Like it's man, it is so exhilarating. It's, It's the perfect blend of like exhilarating and just madcap stupid yeah absolutely or, like, or the what, what happened i think it was that mission right where we're like i think you were down the last one like we just dropped into the hottest zone and then you were down and we're like we all just like immediately got wiped and you were still alive 
and you're like, I can't reinforce. They're jamming it. I, yes. they're, they're jamming all the thing. We have. I have to get out of range of this jamming thing, uh, which was like, uh, man, I was, this- I was kiting like a parade of robots with chainsaws for arms after me as I was just trying to get enough room to call down the reinforcement to get you guys back in. Uh, like, um, they create a really incredible sense of mood when you're down there, depending on what you're fighting and where you're fighting it. Like, again, those robots are legitimately kind of scary because some, they are just these flaming skulls with chainsaw hands <laughs> or giant mechs running around that genuinely are pretty terrifying. But then even some of those bug planets, like the first one we went to, that one that looked like Mars, but yeah. it was just like just slimed to shit by bug stuff everywhere like that was really a menacing feeling place even before you started fighting the bugs yeah it, it's funny first of all it's funny like the the, the the robots are taking on a reputation as like the motherfuckers of this game on yeah. you know in the community it's like bugs are one thing but the uh-huh. robots are way fucking well, worse just to be uh, uh, clear the bugs for the most part are not as ranged but the robots yes. will will yes. shoot you with like, rockets from like, far away they or will fuck mortars. you up from wherever yeah. like the robots have laser guns and rockets and mortars and the whole thing I mean there are some like spitter bugs yeah. I'm sure that stuff gets worse as you get higher in the difficulties but yeah like that desert planet we fought those bugs on they are extremely unafraid to just make it impossible to see more than 10 feet in front of your face on that yeah. planet. Like, and, it, and it's dynamic. Like the dust storms would come and go, but like there were spots where you just couldn't see all the shit coming at you. And it's like harrowing as fuck. Pretty, it's really, pretty it's wild. really rough. <clears throat> it's really rough. They're also like, they're also really unafraid to throw enemies at you, especially with robots, but some of the bugs as well have armor that like normal weapons just bounce off of, you know, like they're, enemies that it's like oh my god i need i need specific weapons tailored to this kind of enemy to get out of this i'm just fucked my normal assault rifle is just pinging right off of this thing and you know in 2023 2024 fashion you can extract kind of whenever you want to if you want to go call the the chopper the pelican Mm -hmm. uh, analog i think it is actually a pelican uh to get out Right. So you don't have, you can get in there, be like, we are overwhelmed. I'm going to get out. I'm going to take whatever uh, resources I collected and get out. If you die, if everyone wipes in the mission, you still get some uh, accolades and progress. You don't, I think you don't take out uh, resources you collected in it, but you can still get credit for some stuff. So it's not a total bust. Feels bad though. Yeah. I mean, we, we should mention this has full on life service progression. Mm-hmm. Like there are, like armor and weapon unlocks for your character. There are all the call down, like orbital stuff, uh, unlocks. Like there's a bajillion of those to unlock. There is a free battle pass. There is a yeah. premium battle pass. Yeah. There's like five different kinds of currency. Like it's that whole thing. Like it's definitely a lot to figure out. Um, I s- apparently, apparently you can grind everything out. It's like, a, it's a $40 game and apparently you can grind literally everything out on both battle passes without so paying money. The way I think that works, right. Is on the free battle pass. If you, earn everything you get enough super credits to buy the premium battle pass right okay right i I think that's how you can grind it all out yeah that that makes sense and you know there are daily missions and challenges and the the works of things to to meters to fill and challenges to complete to get when i just logged in to check my ship name i got my reward from that that daily that we did last night was that from um there's also there the the, what do they call it the major order because they've also got the persistent they've got the persistent galactic war thing from the first game where it's like in real time people are pushing the front back you know like every game that is played contributes to like x you know one ten thousandth of a percent of closer to liberating this planet you know and then once these planets are liberated if you do it within time limit 
everybody who participated gets a reward. It was 10,000 credits or whatever, requisition yeah, it's, points. it's a lot. It's a lot. That is, that is a lot. But also then that pushes the front back to a new system and then pushes new planets to go on, you know, and the, the planet biomes are extremely different from what I've seen so far. Um, man. So I, just the, we want were, to, I want to end this podcast and go play it right now. <laughs> so like we were talking a little bit last night about kind of what it is that makes this game kind of stand out compared to a lot of these other ones and why people are sort of latching onto it so much. I think that the simple answer is just that it's hard, but it's simple. Like there's not a lot that you have to keep track of necessarily. Except you currencies. Few, <laughs> except the currency. But like you have a few guns. The most out of pocket thing it does is that like, you know, the the different like, you know, summoning the machine gun or the turrets or any of that stuff, putting in the button commands for that. Because that is different than I feel like a lot of these other games kind of tend to do that sort of stuff. But other than that, you're really just running around doing these objectives and shooting stuff. But the challenge has enough variety to it, and there are enough ways that things can just go super crazy wrong in ways that you don't expect that I think it makes it really compelling. Like, it's simple enough mechanics that anyone can kind of jump in. Because I'm not, like, an expert at these kinds of, like, extraction shooters, but I felt like I kind of knew what I was doing pretty quickly. But then you see the ways the game gets on top of you, and there's enough variety to those that I think it makes it really compelling and really like you want to go back in there and see what else can happen. Yeah, it's constantly changing. It's constantly forcing you to make decisions about which orbital things, which stratagems to bring in, which ones to use because they're all on timers or have limited use. Um, the different types of scenarios you run into because you don't know what all you're going to find when you go down to a, to a mission. Like, like you have that time limit and it's kind of an open world-ish map, but you don't know exactly what like tasks you're going to run into. Right. You know, you know, some of them, but like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a constant, like infinite combination of variables. It feels like between what abilities you have and what they're asking you to do and how hard it has gotten out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it just leads to nonstop situations of, I can't believe that just happened or this is cool as shit. I can't believe this is what I like. Like, again, fighting those robots last night, I was just like, this is, like, fucking cooler than most action movies I have ever seen. The stuff that we are doing right now. Uh, Like, the, like, yelling back and forth desperately just, like, to flank or try to get on top of the mortar that's, like, killing us. You know what I mean? It's just like... I can't! It's 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 just... It's a combination of, like, desperation and hilarity, basically, is what it is. It's like... When it gets really hard, it is a very desperate situation, but it's always kind of funny. Yeah. Like, it's never... It's never not at least amusing what's going on, even when it's kicking your ass. Like it's hard to, it's hard to actually be genuinely mad when you die in this game. Even even then, actually, especially when your own teammates kill you. I mean, it's so dumb. Like you can put down automated turrets, and like if you stand by the automated turret as it's firing forward against your enemies, and an enemy pops up behind you, that turret will swing around and just blow you away because you are between it and a thing, which happened to me. Definitely happened to me as I was like reacted too slowly to an enemy appearing behind me and the turret just blew me away yeah. or uh, stepping on somebody's mind. Yeah, like that, the, 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 one of the stratagems is an automatic minefield layer that like it lays the mines in about three seconds. And yeah. you, let's say somebody on your team laid a minefield and didn't really call your attention to it. Yes. And bad things might happen when you wander in there or like the hell bomb oh, is an amazing example like you get a hell bomb on some maps, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's basically a nuke because you have to blow up bases. Like some of the side yeah. tasks are like, Hey, you need to blow up all the buildings in this base. And like the explosion on that thing is insane, both in the way it looks as a, as a visual effect 
and also how big the AOE is in the sense that you're almost definitely going to kill your whole squad with it the first time you use it. Which yeah. we did. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's then, hilarious. And it's like, it's not, it's not, well, shit, we just wasted four reinforces because we're all dead now. It's everybody's dying laughing because who, who in their right mind would put a bomb that big in a video game that can kill you and not mm-hmm. tell you it's going to do it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like the game is just like so punishing, but it's so funny the whole time. I- at no point did I feel like my night was going to be ruined by one of those, ma- like, you know, those missions going wrong. Like, I, I was there for throwing ourselves into the meat grinder as much as I was there for us to try and do well. You know, it also has a very, um, again, the tone of it is very Starship Troopers. It is very Warhammer 40K for the Emperor. It, yeah. the, but. For Super Earth. For Super Earth. I, I talked to one person, uh, and I thought I thought I was about to see the other side of the the kind of uh, um, of this whole war. And somebody, because you talk to the people on the ship, and they have some canned dialogue, and somebody was like, did you know every mission a Helldiver goes on costs about 40, um, uh, I forget what the names of your ships are, but 40 Class A uh, star or whatever, star jumpers? <laughs> and she's like, I guess it just goes to show you how important it is <laughs> to, to keep going at it. And I was like, oh, wait, no, that's not. Okay, great. And that's, that's the kind the of whole lesson, to- huh? okay. <laughs> tone of like everybody, at least who is in this military arm of this thing is like, yeah, go down there and go kill some bugs. You're the best of the best. You have your own ship. And I like, hope some pieces of you come back. Uh, anyway, good luck. Yeah, good luck, um, Hell Diver. You're you're doing this for managed it's, democracy. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of both intentional and unintentional comedy. Like a lot of the ambient dialogue in the missions is very funny as your soldiers are yelling about shit that's happening. But there's also stuff like there's there's a body but there's a bodily injury system where you can have like a fractured leg or like you can take a like a wound to your chest and you're bleeding out or whatever. When you die, <laughs> it just lights all those icons up. Yes. Like you, you get all the possible injuries there are to get when you die, which is hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird and silly. And I think the gameplay is actually really fun. Yeah, I, like I think it's a really good shooter. I mean, there, there's a couple yeah. things like there's no dodge. There's, there's no like gears of war, like roll as such, which is like, I'm not gonna say it's frustrating. Like you kind of miss it at first. You do have a dive to prone. Yeah. And you can shoot um, while you're diving. It's like Max Payne-ish. So, like, that's actually, I mean, that's part of the action movie shit. You know, you can be aiming and you can, you'll dive in whatever direction you're pushing on the stick. You can be aiming down sights, shooting at shit and stuff. And, like, there's so many bugs overrunning you. You don't have any space left. You can literally, while aiming still, just, like, dive backwards into, like, a backwards prone position. Like, and just, like, shooting the whole way like it's some dumbass <laughs> action movie. And I think you and take that reduced damage while you're prone or, or right. diving. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like you can customize the weapons. Like, um, there is an aim down sights feature, so you can set like the range on the scope on that. You can mm-hmm. set like the rounds per minute on a lot of weapons. You can set semi auto versus full auto, like flashlight. Like you, like every weapon you have, you can hold the reload button, and there's like a surprising amount of customization on the fly. And interesting, you know, interesting choices like uh, uh, some weapons. It's a you have a. Um your your aiming reticule and where the tracking where the kind of lead reticule is going to yeah. go and some mm-hmm. stuff like the big machine gun that thing swings very slowly it's so. it's really it's a really interesting adjustment to yeah like you said you have you have a, your rigid reticle which is what yeah. you would normally see in a video game but then where you're actually going to shoot is yeah. is separate from that and tracking both of those things at the same time is a real adjustment because I don't think I've played a game like this that does that 
I mean, you're basically um, like, you know, you have to wait for your, your, your aim to catch up right. As you swing. The other thing is, um, you know, it has a mechanic. We've seen this before in, in, I, I don't know if the original one had it, but, uh, magazines are emptied when you switch them. Yeah. So you don't get the remaining rounds in a, in a magazine. Yeah. It is very hard to if, if you're like me and you like, it's very hard to break yourself of the habit to just reload every yeah. time you have a, like there's a break in the action. Cause like, oh, I'm I still to, terrible at like, that. I, I need to top off before the next encounter. But if you do that, you were going to waste 80% of your ammo. You're and just chucking so, magazines out. It's so hard to break that muscle memory. Because uh, I am the worst at that. That is like my instant instinct every single time I play one of these kinds of shooters. Uh, there's no automatic reload if you empty a magazine, right. so yes. you, ha- mm-hmm. you have to manually reload, like, which I'll, I think like, is kind of genius is, in a I way. Mean, I mean, it's incredibly punitive, but yes, it yeah. like leads to. I mean, it leads to more situations of just like holy shit going you're, on, where like you're just switching weapons constantly. Yes, but then you happen to switch back to one that you haven't reloaded yet, and that one also <laughs> won't shoot anything. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's insane. It's just like you can be, you can have eight enemies bearing down on you, and like not be able to shoot your gun. It's yes. like it's so. That's that's where a lot of that desperation comes in. You know, like it's just. Yeah. Some weapons take a while. You have to. Some weapons you have to stop to reload, so you have to be not moving. Some you can yeah. reload on the fly. Um, there, there's interesting variety. There's interesting synergy between what other people are bringing. Like somebody's bringing an anti-tank weapon. Uh, somebody's bringing a sniper rifle. Like you feel, you feel like you're participating in this group dynamic. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing I will say is a, is a knock against it for me is I haven't tried it yet, but it. I don't really feel like this is a game that's going to engage me on a solo run. No, it do, seems do, very hard. Yes. Do not play this by yourself. I, I played the very first mission by myself, which was very easy because it was on the lowest difficulty, but like, it's just kind of dull or mm. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not terrible, but you're not getting anywhere near the best of this game by playing by yourself. I mean, it's got matchmaking. It's got a lot of ways to get you into yeah. squads. Um, I'm not saying don't play it unless you have like a tight group of close friends to play with. Like you, it's a pretty good able, ping system. Like yeah. you can communicate okay without communicating verbally. Yeah, I, I do think it would lose something without voice chat, though. So even if you're doing matchmaking and getting people who aren't on mics, that even that that would be playable, but you'd still be losing something. It is a it's a very group driven game. Feels totally. like it. Um, you know, there's even like um, a through unlocks you can diversify your role later. You know, where you can be like more of a support person, like carrying backpacks full of supplies instead of a heavy weapon and stuff like that. I haven't seen any of them yet, but there are weapons that require two people to operate later. I, I, I think they're better if they have two people, like the one that you reload, like somebody can shove yeah. the ammo into it. I was able yeah. to put the backpack on and hold the gun, Okay, but I died before I had a chance to really explore that whole thing. But I think, I think you can split it up to a two person group. Uh, that stuff's, it's really dumb and fun, and I, it's a hoot. That's really all it is. It is like, hoot, yeah, if you want to sum it up in a second here, <laughs> this game is a hoot. Oh god, I want to go play it. It's forty bucks. It's on uh, the PC and on uh, PS Five. Um, yeah, man, I almost want to trying to see how I can get my brothers to play it, but they're they're still PS Four, and one of my brothers has a PC that could probably get it. Uh, but. This is a Sony game, man. This yeah. is this is like okay. We'll talk about this a little bit in the news, but this makes me feel like wow, it'd be great if Sony just put this out on Xbox. You know, mm-hmm. if this mm-hmm. this feels like a game that the world, everybody who's on everything, should be playing together. It, it would be awesome and fun. And I'm not just saying that because my other brother has an Xbox. Like it, 
No, I it's think just, you're saying it because of that. <laughs> a little, maybe a little bit because of that. But um, you know, it we should say it's a forty dollars game with a possible paid battle pass, which you know that's that's a thing that is in the current conversation of you know games that monetize with battle passes and live services and whatever that means and charge you money. I and mean, we've got skull and bones coming out soon. And that's definitely in the conversation as well. 40 bucks there. I think I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. Uh, I, we got codes. So we got the uh, battle pass edition with it. Yeah. We should say will did not. Will didn't seem like he was missing too much until we started talking about stuff that's in the other battle pass. Um, but he was working his way through the free battle pass. There's like plenty of stuff in there. So I, yeah. I, I can't say for sure if my opinion would change on like, man, I got to pay an extra whatever for the paid battle pass. Yeah. Like look at looking through the premium uh, battle pass, the war bond as they refer to it. Yeah. Um, it's much smaller. It's, it's, it's only three pages versus I think 10 pages of the free one. And yeah. Like, all the weapons are not exclusive weapons. They're just variations on existing weapons. Like, the first assault rifle on there is just a, what is it, um, uh, incendiary version of the Bane assault rifle, I think it is, right? Is it the explosive one? I, explosive. I bought the explosive one. Yeah, it's the, it's the orange. It's, it's an orange rifle, but yeah, it's explosive. Like, it shoots explosive shots, but it's basically uh, just a variation on the base rifle. It's not something super unique. Yeah. Do you, uh, so, Red... They, uh, we should mention also, as of the time of this recording, I think they just dropped another patch. They've been they did. I was had to download it before I could load up my <laughs> game today. Uh, they're patching this to try and squeeze uh, uh, to squeeze out as many bugs as they can. It seems like maybe the server load really caught them a little off guard like, here with like its this popularity. Thing, this thing has exploded. Just looking at like number of Steam players and stuff like that. Yeah, so they're. It sounds like they're working pretty hard. Um, there's a couple of nasty bugs that hopefully they're they're working through some save progression or uh, um, mission progression stuff that I think they're working through. Cross play, which they maybe have gotten, like you said, Brad. Cross progression, I think, is on a roadmap at this. Yeah, point. I don't. I don't know when that's coming. Um, but you said before we started recording, Brad, that they're maybe looking to bring some more people on. Yeah, I saw that going around. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I think they have said they're looking to hire up. Um, I mean, I think they're planning content, if, if not seasons specifically, you know, some kind of roadmap of post-launch content and ongoing whatever they come up with. Um, I, I was reminded looking at the first game, there was a third faction in the first game. The the factions in this are from the first game. It's bugs and robots. The, uh, Third faction is sort of an Eldar or Protoss kind of like ethereal psychic alien okay. sort of thing. Okay. And I think they've basically hinted that a third faction will come to this game. So three guesses what that'll be. Uh-huh. Humans. The real, the real bugs. I, I think. Humans are the real bugs. When we were playing last night and you're kind of pushing the front forward and it feels like you might reach the edge of the quote unquote galactic map or whatever it is. I, there were parts that felt like, cause we were, it's really cool to see that big battlefield happening all around you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying they need to go and redesign this, but there are parts of me that I thought would be awesome if we could stay in our squad, but have a shared objective with other squads, all PVE, but be working towards a shared objective on a planet would be mm -hmm. kind of sure. fun. Just cause that big battlefield is so bananas. Uh, it would probably be a nightmare because now you have mines that are laid out from other people and the maps aren't like tremendously big, but that style of thing 
because they portray that war zone that at least in the robots with the Terminator style war zone to be just harrowing, just, um, just really intense. Uh, I like it a lot. Helldivers two. It's good, man. Yeah. I can't believe it just came out of nowhere like this. Like, I mean, I, I always wanted to play it cause I liked the first game and this looked cool and sounded like an interesting concept, but I just cannot believe how well it works. Yeah. It's, it's pretty well done. Kudos to them. Uh, 40 bucks um, to get in on it, PS5 and PC. Fun game. I'm sure you'll be hearing more about it and um, I look forward to playing it some more. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm now I'm trying to decide, like, how do I get my fix here? It's like you guys are all about the same level as me, so it's nice to all have us all like in the same progression area. But inevitably, I'm going to want to play this more than we can get together and play. Yeah. So then am I going to join up with people who are way higher in level than me or am I going to start doing quick play with randos or like, how's this going to go? I have no idea how scaling works. I have yeah. no idea. I, I, you know, I assume that setting that difficulty of permission is part of it where people who are higher level are just like, this is not enough reward for me to do this mission. And you know, maybe that's how it works out, but I could be wrong. I haven't looked it up. The thing that the game could use and maybe this will come with an update or a later revision is um some kind of clan or bigger grouping yeah, in game yes. model where say we can take the next lander crew stick it into a game and like these are people you know kind of from a service or server that you can group up with anytime right that, that and that they're online that aren't necessarily tied to your friends list yeah like kind of um, like how titanfall 2 did it yeah, and, like, you know, clan objectives, and, you know, they kind of have a global objective, but, you know, like, things that are you're working towards as your platoon, let's say. I don't know. Mm-hmm. To, to bigger squads, whatever you want to use. Uh, that would be neat. But that would help, too, for, I think, hey, I, I want to join a bigger group than just the four of us, but smaller than the entire world <laughs> to, to go in and jump in and play these things and get in for a little bit. Uh, because I don't think, I don't know if I feel comfortable jumping in and doing voice chat and going out off with randos. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. Uh, right now, there's a lot of my friends playing, so that's good. But, you know, it'd, it'd be nice. And I, like I said, I think solo, I'll try one or two, but I think solo might be pretty tough um, to sneak around those maps. Yeah. But Helldivers 2, 40 bucks out there now. Um, keep an eye on it because it sounds like they are pushing a lot of patches and working pretty hard to get this thing up to what they wanted to launch uh, functionally. Uh, not to say that it's broken. I think, I think just server side wise, things have been saturated. Yeah. Yeah. That, that patch this morning had a huge list of crashes that they fixed. So hopefully, okay. hopefully they're pretty quickly hammering it into shape. Uh, we'll take a quick break here. We've got some other things to talk about, including some of the demos we touched during uh, steam's next fest. Uh, so stick around. We'll talk about them in just a moment. This week's show is brought to you by express VPN. Alex and Brad, did you know I have been an express VPN user for quite a long time? I've heard rumors. I feel like you've mentioned this once or twice. I don't know if you want to confirm or deny today or not. I can confirm that I have used ExpressVPN for a long time. I have used it back when we were traveling around for Giant Bomb, back when I was like, I don't want to be on any public Wi-Fi in hotels ever. I used ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN was there for me. 
I used ExpressVPN when I needed a VPN, and you know when you need a VPN. Absolutely. There is nothing I know more in this world than definitively when I need to use a VPN. Uh, with ExpressVPN, you can pretty much select your uh, point of origin. So if you're even if you're traveling around and you're trying to watch stuff that is blocked in the territory you're in, you can set it back to your home country and you can set it to originate from there so you can watch that blocked content that you might not have been able to watch while you're traveling around. ExpressVPN offers blazing fast speeds, which means you could stream in HD with zero buffering, and it's compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. They have servers in 94 different countries. So be smart, get the most out of your internet and streaming services, and get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash nextlander. And don't forget to use the code expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Thanks, ExpressVPN. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money, Alex Navarro, and Brad Shoemaker. If you don't know it, I'll tell you, I got a lot of subscriptions out there. I think any subscriptions, honestly, is too many subscriptions. But even, even with that relatively limited framework, I know I have too many subscriptions. I have been looking to prune the subscriptions. Brad, you seem like you are pretty on top of your subscription stuff. Yeah, you know, it's easy to be on top of something when it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> personally yeah but hey maybe if there was a better way to manage them i might be more amenable to having some yeah well look not all of us can be as clean living i need help and rocket money is out there to help me rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and helps lower your bills three of those things out of three are things that i could use in my life. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander rocketmoney.com slash nextlander thanks rocket money and we are back and let's talk about another game that had blown up but i don't hear about as much anymore and that is pal world not to say that it is not doing numbers oh those numbers are still doing yeah, yeah it's but it but did get knocked so. off the like the the charts. Did you see that? I mean, now now there is a whole cottage industry of doomsayers about Pal World. Like, oh really? Gotten, oh. I've gotten at least two emails from I don't know if these are, you know, like online analyst marketing analysis whatever type uh, firms. Mm -hmm. Like Pal World has lost one third of its Twitch viewers. Oh really? Pal World's lost a half of its, a half of its whatever metric. You know, like it's yeah. like there there is definitely a groundswell of people going like boy this thing fell off quickly but like having now played a large amount of it i i a i kind of love pal world okay mm -hmm. b i kind of I, I think i see why because it's early access and it's like a loop it's a crafting survival game mm -hmm. loop you know and like you're going to run through that loop and then there's not going to be a lot else to do 
until they put more content out. Yeah. And as feverishly as a bunch of people have been playing this game, I guess I'm not surprised that maybe it's hit a ceiling where people have done what there is to do for now. So we we uh we played a couple of hours together of Pal Worlds. Uh Brad, you got to see basically what that loop is, yeah. which is you know, it's I, I said this last time when I had played it closer to when it came out. To me, it absolutely is not Pokemon with guns. It is more like a survival game with Pokemon. Yes. And that kind of loop is go smash a tree, build an axe, use your axe to smash more trees, to build a pickaxe, to mine a thing, and then, you know, go out there and go recruit some help. Yes. Yeah, it's the base automation stuff that really started to get me. That that combined with the, like, constantly wanting to go out and get more pals, you know? Like, it's... There's something... There's something really tactile about throwing the ball at a thing and watching it get captured you know it's like you were mm-hmm. physically hurling a thing at the pal uh-huh you know to to imprison it and take it with you it's your forced labor yeah like 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 the just the straight up act of capturing pals is super uh um super satisfying and then you know they all have different proclivities once they're back at your base about what kind of resources they can harvest or what they will bring to your base and like Customizing all that stuff is very fun. Or fight alongside you. Yeah. Um, or, or make a harness so yes. that your thing turns into a flamethrower. That's exactly it. Is like like well, some of them are farm workers, some of them become weapons, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, like you said, you can craft a thing that makes this Firefox. Now I can just grip it about its <laughs> midsection and squeeze it to make it be a flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> Shit like that. Like there's just constantly new stuff to pursue. Um and it's fun to go out and get it. I mean, God, it's shameless. Like <laughs> It's so sh- like I knew I, I knew it was shameless about the Pokemon and the survival stuff. Yeah, I was not expecting how shameless it was about the Breath of the Wild aesthetics and oh, yeah. some and some mechanics and some UI and sounds UI and, and little music stingers and stuff. Yeah. It is like there's an, it's, I cannot believe how much they lift from Breath of the Wild specifically. Oh yeah, the, gl- the glider, the little the little piano sting when you discover a new thing. Yep, like a bunch of that stuff. The, ta- the even some of the tablet the stuff. tablet. Yeah. yeah, man, it's crazy. But the still, climbing, like it, yeah, yeah. But but yes, yes, the climbing is exactly the same. But still, though, it like they blends all those influences in a way that's very, very satisfying to run that treadmill. For I, I think again, like you said, I can see it both ways. Where yeah, totally satisfying on that treadmill, but I could see that loop getting old. And, and probably yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean we uh we're close to three hours in when we yeah. stopped streaming so that's a, that's a good chunk but like not well it depends how much is in there but for a survival game that could just be tip of the iceberg oh know? totally but what i mean is like we we got we got to and finished our first dungeon by the end of that and i don't know i don't know if there's any more like major categories of stuff to do in there maybe there are but like it's there's also, that, like boss boss right like right, on our yes thing. yes there was that bigger boss i guess but but beyond that i don't know maybe it is just you get into the loop then of like all right i've done another dungeon or another boss time to start on the next tier of crafting stuff and the next set of pals or whatever our pals did not get guns no, they did not. So uh, then, what are you even doing? Then what are we? We did see humans. Why are we even in there, here? Though? We, Other we, like we we murdered that traveling merchant, and he had a gun. <laughs> yeah, that's which true. Which unfortunately we could not take for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's yeah, it's I. So, Enshrouded is another game that's out that I think we're gonna try on Friday. Um, this one, Pal World. While I I think it's neat, I don't know if this is the one for me. Uh, and I, I don't mind survival games. I think they're kind of fun. This is clearly a survival game. 
something about it. I don't know. It's something about it. The, the I'm not also not a huge Pokemon fan, so that that part of the lifting and uh, and applying directly to the forehead did not necessarily. It, it struck me as funny and mm-hmm. probably borderline illegal but uh mm-hmm. did not wasn't like tickling centers of my brain of like oh my gosh it's a fake me up so yeah it was it was getting to me some some people gave the side eye to my uh to my my comment on the at the end of the stream that there's a little bit of viva pinata in there uh-oh but i stand by it oh like no there's not yeah well but- i don't yeah like, cute like animals. It's, I it's see the, it. it is the element of these goofy creatures frolicking in a garden that you own and telling them what to do in that garden. Right. And mm-hmm. like, and they have different affinities. Like I said, yeah. I mean, like it's specifically, it's like, okay, what can you bring to this, this enclosed space that I own, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, that makes it really compelling to go out and get more, you know, it's like, Oh, we need to go get that deer that can chop wood. Cause right. we don't have enough wood. Yes. And I'm and tired now, of doing it myself. And now I'm watching these deer prance back and forth between the receptacle and the wood as they chop it and, tr- and carry it around. Like it's just, it's very satisfying. I, I know a lot of people in our audience were playing it. I'm curious to see the, if you want to message me or, or I'm curious if you're still playing it. Like if it's a thing that kind of, you know, cause it was on game pass as well. So yeah. a lot of people, people who signed up for game pass may have gotten into it done dozens of hours and then be like i think i'm good until until we're good until the next thing there but pal world 30 bucks again on the pc or on uh, xbox if you want it yeah uh, I, I was i was all gearing up to play more of that and then literally the next day we streamed hell divers and it's like i mean i don't know man on some level it feels like we're in some kind of golden age of multiplayer games like it just feels like there are extremely good interesting multiplayer games coming out constantly. And I mean, like I know that's where a lot of the development focus is. So of course there's a lot of them, but like having all these different games to choose from, you know, and like liking a bunch of them and having to decide because you're spoiled for choice. Like it's pretty nice. I feel like we are in a, yeah, there's a diversity of them where, you know, you have things from extraction shooters or, or games like the finals, um, out there new ones coming out there i should say all the old ones are out there too then you have things like pal world which are multiplayer survival games you know again not breaking any new ground here you've had arc you've had a ton of multiplayer survival games the forest let's say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um valheim those games uh and then you have things like hell divers right and which i guess is a extraction shooter it doesn't really it's feel like of, one to me yeah though. it's sort of not it exactly. has elements yeah uh so th- i think there's a lot of uh diversity in the multiplayer experiences you can have which is really nice now i would say there's never been a better time to play them because you get to play all the old ones as well but unfortunately that's not true when they shut the servers down so right uh, i do feel like we have a pretty good crop right now let's say uh, of them uh that is pal world i don't know the state we played on the pc i don't know the state of the console version at this point whether they figured out servers on the xbox or is it still four person i assume it's still for four person. yeah i don't know it goes up to like 32 on pc on pc yeah uh so yeah 30 bucks over there if you want to get in on that pal world uh, like we said, I think it got knocked out of number one on the charts, maybe by Helldivers for concurrence. But, I think uh, that's right, actually. We'll, we'll see if that, that holds up. Uh, Steam Fest. Speaking of on the PC, Steam mm-hmm. Next Fest. Next Fest. They got them demos out there, and uh, some were uh, quick to disappear, quicker than I thought. Like uh, Hellskate was no longer there. 
Yeah. The, the space trucking game was not there by the time. Like, I downloaded the demo, and then by the time I sat down to play it, it was no longer playable. Yeah. Oh. They actually, even though you had it downloaded, you couldn't. Yes, launch I it? could not load it up. It just said oh. pre-order the game. Oh wow, that's the first time I've seen that. Like I think it was last. God, they do these a lot. Is it twice a year now? I think mm-hmm. it's at least twice it, a year. I think it was last fall's next fest. I downloaded like I literally downloaded like two dozen demos. Yeah. Um, and of of all the ones I tried, they all, they all remained playable like well after the quote unquote next fest was over. So I'm surprised to I'm surprised to hear they're now actually ending. Of course, I'm not, I'm sure that's up to the developer. Uh, so look, some might, uh, still go. Um, but I think also some of those games are coming out very soon. So, yes, um, it would not surprise me if they were just trying to avoid cannibalizing any of their potential business, but yeah, like maybe the demo and then they're just kind of, kind of flip it over and and just But I'll say for my part, I really think that shit sucks. Like if you're going to put out a demo, Mm -hmm. just leave the demo playable for as long as possible. Like I understand taking it down for download at some point, but don't make it not playable. Yeah, I just went to the Star Trucker page. They still have the demo there for download. Um, maybe something was going on with servers. Maybe maybe it is up. Uh, I but I I'm with you, Alex. I couldn't find that Hellskate one yeah. either. But we did play a couple uh, on the uh, on a stream, and uh, some of our favorites. Um, I'll say, I really liked what I saw at Pacific Drive. That game looked very good. That's also a game that's coming out very soon. Interesting. I don't know that it was exactly what I thought it was going to be, but that I don't mean that in like a negative way. It's just that there was more to it, I think, than even I was kind of realizing. It is much more of a crafting and survival game mm-hmm. than I was maybe actually thinking it would be. But are you but are you are you crafting upgrades for a station wagon? You. At one point I crafted a door for my <laughs> station wagon, so okay. yes. I am extremely ready you. for this game. Like I, I avoided the demo because it's out in like a week and yeah. I know I want to play it, so I was just like, I'll just wait. But man, you know, that, it's sound, kinda, that sounds that sounds good. I was kinda with you, uh Brad, and then uh we I saw it and I was like, oh, you know, I'm I'm actually kinda glad I saw this early part because there's a lot to absorb. There so, is. Uh, it's dense. It's kind of absorbing all of that and not having to run around and wonder where the scrapper is uh, mm-hmm. might be a good thing for when I start to play it. Yeah, I think the only thing I had a little trouble with was just wrapping my head around some of the UI stuff, like yeah. knowing which how to equip certain items, what items I already had equipped. You know, like it just it's it, there's a lot of information more than I thought there was going to be. Yeah. It's all parsable, but it just you you need to kind of sit with it and kind of stare at it a little bit more than maybe I was expecting kind of jumping into it. Yeah, the inventory is a little looks a little and it's presented a little funky. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh that's Pacific Drive that's out soon. Cool we, vibes. We uh, uh Indica speaking of vibes, uh I you got fight, to see that. watch me play that demo. Yeah, that thing looks awesome. I don't it's know bizarre, right? How I'd love what I saw of it. Like Yeah. Uh Again, I don't know how that's going to flesh out, if that's going to be a two-hour game in the end, or what's going to happen with that game, but that's the non-alternate historical Russia. Environmental platformer <laughs> slash uh, pray em up. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how else to describe it. There's a lot going on in what is actually mechanically a pretty simple game. Yeah. There's just a lot happening. Yeah, it's, uh, it's cool looking. Yeah. Indica... That's uh, does that you can hear day? me talk more about that on last week's show if you haven't heard it. But you know, the basic gist is it is uh, what if the devil was talking to you while you were also trying to navigate these sort of these spaces in sort of a plague tale like kind of environment? Uh, normal fishing, which uh, very it, normal, which seems extremely like, like a, an extremely normal fishing game. Look, I am all for 
mm-hmm. fishing games, and we've had a, a a slate of them recently, where they take fishing as their kind of core conceit and then build ridiculous, wild stories around those things. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dave oh. the Diver maybe could be in that. Uh, Dredge, obviously, there. I saw I saw screens of this going, God, this looks like a... I don't even know what. It's monochrome. It's like amber monochrome. So this uh, game feels like it could very much have been on the um, play, play date. date. Yes. So yeah, I was gonna, yeah, it's like... It's monochrome, but it's got the resolution of like a Game Boy Color game or something. It's like very retro looking. Extremely. And it's... It's it's got a bizarre vibe to it, uh, mm-hmm. and I liked it, and I want to see more of it. I like games like that. It's, yeah, I don't know if it if it keeps it's it got up. A tone. It's too. got a good tone to it. Uh, or you know, look, maybe this game breaks open and it is the you know uh, frog fractions or um, inscription like thing. But maybe it's just a fishing game that's weird. I don't it know. definitely felt like there was they were hinting at something kind of lurking beneath the surface there, but it it's anyone's say? guess as to what that actually is. Uh, and then uh, uh, we had uh, one or two other things, but really the other one, I think, as soon as I turned it on and was like, "Oh no, this is this yeah, is this Alex. is the ruinous one." Uh, was uh, Bellatro? Yeah, Bel- is that how, is that how you're saying it? I'll yeah, Bellatro. That's basically how I describe it. Uh, which is run based poker basically hands. hands it's poker hands hands it's a card <laughs> game yeah and you are trying to make the best poker hands you have and you have a limited number of discards and a limited number of uh hands you can submit and it's it has more the feel of like video poker than like sitting at a table and playing with other people but it's not straight up poker like it is yeah. its own game using poker rules and the idea being that you are trying to score an X number of points or, you know, b- like win X number of chips by hitting a certain target at the end of each, uh, you know, a- each cycle. And it's really simple, but it is devious in its, uh, its, its addictiveness. Yeah, it's almost like a deck builder because you, you get, you get a, a supply of cards, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's say you get 12 cards in front of you. And uh, or let's make it a little easier. Say you get ten cards in front of you, and you you want to play two pair or one pair. That's it. You could just play. You don't have to play a full seven or five cards. You could just play that two pair or one pair. You won't get a lot of points for that, but you could play that to get new cards shuffled back into your 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 pool of cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are modifiers like jokers uh, that you buy to add. Like, hey, your next pair will be plus 10 points so on your run you're trying to build up these modifiers and uh you have uh um expendable buffs that you can use it's pretty insidious with how they build it out and kind of fun i, I mean I, yeah. I liked it uh i'm not a huge card player I, I like a card game i like poker it took me a second to realize um you don't have to play a full five cards or seven cards no you don't you just have to play the ones that make the hand you want to submit yeah up to a poker hand uh up to like five cards in a straight yeah uh, or or flush uh but it's cool yeah there are still no three pair you still can't do that (laughs) no not allowed that's not a real hand you got a full house you you drop them out there and you know cards have different values that modify your points so if you do a full house with face cards you know um it's you know which i guess would be more than a, a full house with non-face cards, which is what it seemed like. We 
the the math on it um there's a lot of adding up and tallying happening behind the scenes but um and then you kind of escalate up to boss fights and then you mm-hmm. have to take down bosses with their ante which is, is fun Balatro. yeah it's neat and also god damn it i'm dreading when that thing hits full release because i'm probably going to play a lot of it yeah, yeah. that thing's getting a lot of buzz like seems very cool people are doing cool things with video games uh yeah, those are, those are the ones that stood out to me. There was that uh, Dystopica, which was that uh, um, uh, cyberpunk city building, kind of more tool than game, which, mm-hmm. which, which was kind of interesting. Uh, some stuff we didn't get to, which if they're still around, maybe we'll get to another time. But Steam Next Fest, always fun to just poke around in there and, yeah. and check out some other games. There's a lot of stuff this time around. Always, always is. Finally, here in the things that... Our getting played section, uh, Final Fantasy Rebirth is on the horizon. You can see it's, you can see the, the Sephiroth peeking his head over the horizon there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the demo is out. I have uh, got the demo installed. I am playing through what is, I guess, the prologue, which I guess if you play through that, that progress will come into your Final Fantasy Rebirth save along with like one or two goodies, a charm or something. Exclusive Kubo charm, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, though I, there are stories out that say they are like expanding what's in there. Did you see mm. that? No. Oh. Um, the demo. Yeah. Uh, let players explore part of the Junon region, which, um, and then they're also saying this just kind of came out recently. They're going to enhance the visuals in performance mode. Uh, huh. uh, update to the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth demo scheduled for February 21st will apply improvements to the visual quality when selecting performance mode from the graphics options. Yeah, they probably they probably finished that demo before the game had gone final. Yeah. So maybe they're they're rolling some last minute improvements in. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not fully up to date on what's going on there, but uh, you know, look, I'm out there. I'm playing as Cloud. My kids all recognize uh, Cloud and Sephiroth now because of Smash Brothers, and so I'm oh, like, how do you, how do you oh, know that? Oh, was oh, right. that why? I was going to ask, like, how yeah. did they come to Final Fantasy VII? Like, what's their experience? Yeah, it does surely, make a certain amount of sense. Surely yep. didn't play the PlayStation version. Oh, I oh. see. Yep, and That's so uh, how we ended up there. And so my my son saw me playing, and he's like, "Oh, can I play this?" And I was like, "Well, you kind of have to play remake first. And then I was like, "Well." Should you, you, I'm going to say you kind of have to play remake first. Should you play the original first? That's maybe a little, a step make him, <laughs> make him play maybe, the original game first. Like, is it, it's Eat probably, your vegetables, play your probably, PlayStation game, <laughs> probably impactful in a way that's different. If you haven't played the original, I, I yeah, like we talked about this before and it made me realize I don't think I know a soul who played remake that didn't play original seven. Uh-huh. So I don't think I've ever gotten that perspective from somebody who came to it entirely fresh because like it very much kind of expects you to have the background, right? Well, it's, it's kind of amazing. You can talk about re- remake and rebirth without talking about what's different. Right. And like where, where they diverged and what, what that means and what are they doing with this final fantasy universe? They're, you're just playing it on its own terms, right? So, mm-hmm. or you're playing it and like events that happen and you're like, why is this a big deal? And it's like, oh, because it's so different than what right. happened here. 
Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I'm definitely not going to force him to play. I will inform him and I'll let him make his own choice, but I really do think he should play remake before rebirth. I think that's pretty important though. They, they go, they do a summary, you know, when you load up the demo and they're like, yo, what happened? And you're like, yo, here's, here's what happened. And I'm like, you just did this summary in like two minutes, not 40 hours that took me to get all this material. Yes. Why don't you mention my struggle? Perhaps, perhaps I, a wise person, could have just watched that summary before playing Rebirth. Nah. Instead of the path I have chosen. Mm-hmm. How are you not going to take all your materia into this? Well, uh, into this game. That ship sailed, unfortunately. But uh, you're still yeah. plugging away on yes. remake. Plugging away is quite literally the phrase I was going to use. Mm-hmm. I am, I am, I am trucking through the remake still. I think you will really enjoy, and I will. I am selfishly very curious to hear your perspective as somebody who does not remember seven as well as you do what your thoughts are on how remake winds up yeah like i'm really looking forward to getting to the end and seeing exactly what it is that they have mashed up or twisted or whatever they have done yeah i am definitely remixed yes i'm definitely being reminded why this is my third try now trying to get through this game (laughs) what are you up to um are platters about to fall uh no okay like chapter 10 i want to say something like that okay around there um i mean i probably said all of this two and a half years ago when we all tried to play intergrade for the first time which was my second time coming to the game but like the highs are great like the set pieces the cutscenes, all the nostalgia of seeing returning characters and stuff like all that stuff is great but man <laughs> there's so much filler in there yeah as you go from place to place, as you do errands for people, mm-hmm. as you operate incessant robot arm puzzles, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm. like that it, stuff just goes on and on. It's just like, man, I know you need. I know you had to take five hours of an old game and turn it into forty hours. <laughs> I wish you had come up with some slightly better stuff to string the old stuff together with. Are you specifically um, but, talking about the robot arms in the sewers? Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just got out of the sewers. Yeah. And I have it on good authority. I will be back in the sewers <laughs> at least once, if not twice. You don't say. Um, I think I'm getting close to the wall market part, which I've seen a lot of people talk about. Okay. For what that's worth. Anyway, I mean, I, I still, I, the combat's great. Like the combat and the combat and the set pieces and like the story and nostalgia and stuff is what's getting me through it. There are definitely parts that feel like a grind though, but, uh, but, but I, I, I just want to see whatever the new stuff is in full context and not totally. just like in a YouTube summary. Understandable. Or in their like very brief, uh, Hey, yeah. here's what you missed summary. I, I think it's, yeah. I absolutely think it's worth it for you to, to finish that one out, uh, and, and make it through the end of that game. the, uh, rebirth I'm, I'm extremely early on uh, okay so that's I, I, that's the thing i wanted to come in and ask since you've been playing the demo but i guess the demo is probably too early to say i just hope there is more i hate this phrase i wish that I, I hope there's more killer less filler it's, <laughs> i hope i hope there's more steak less sizzle i hate i hate these metaphors but you know what i mean yeah like and and maybe Maybe they have more to work with now, you know, maybe that's it. Like maybe there's just more story from the original game that, th- that this new installment encompasses. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where the first game the, for remake had to make, do, make do with not a lot. Maybe there's just more of a diversity of environments and story beats to work with here that there will be less of what feels like kind of low value stuff. I, 
I can't say right now. I, I'm going to say probably not, but I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yes, I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm going to brace for it to be more like the first game. But have, have they announced how many parts they want this to be, or is it kind of indefinite? I'm not sure if they've said three explicitly, but my impression has always been three. That's I think in like, my head also, but my memory is terrible. They have. I think we. I think we have said this exact thing in the last month. Like they have. They have said what event this game ends on. Okay. Like three guesses. For this? What momentous event from Final Fantasy VII oh, they might oh, end this game on? The spoiler event? Yes. Okay. Um, it's been... Where, I, I don't I, remember I, where that is in the... In the that's in the thing. I, that's the thing. I have not played through Final Fantasy VII since 1997. Uh-huh. So I can't say for sure, but I, that's, that's a, I feel like that's a good halfway through the game at least. Okay. Maybe. Uh, yeah, so they have some ground to cover, I guess. Yeah, there but, but I, it, it feels like they probably could finish the rest of it in a third game, and that would be it. I'm in and, the middle. Uh, the game starts, and this is where I am. I'm very, very early on in the um, in a flashback, uh, re- kind of after the events of remake. You're you're kind of filling some people in. I'm like, hey, what's up? Yo, what's up with Sephiroth? <laughs> what know? is up with? He's so dreamy. What's up with? Him? What's up with Sephiroth? My uh, daughter likes Sephiroth because he has those cat eyes. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Also, All right. Yeah. Also because he's hella goth. Because he's hella goth and got that big sword. Uh, is he goth? I don't know. You know, goth adjacent, I would say. Yeah, you know, he's pretty badass in this in this uh, intro here. He can yeah. walk among the goths. Yes, but here, uh, it's here. here it, I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say filler wise, I've spent time just. You get to this town in this flashback, and you are just running around talking to people and eating food and doing a bunch of stuff. So that's is I, it? I'm pulling this out of thin air. Is uh, it Nibelheim? Yeah. Oh, is that is it is clouds? That, uh, is that the town? Clouds you're, is hometown? that the, is, is that the town you're in? Yep. Okay. All yep, right. Yep. Okay. That's my I, still remember, I still remember some of that game. Um. Um. Here's my question about a third Final Fantasy VII remake. Yes. Will it come out on these consoles? The third one. Are they going to make the third? I, I I'm going to say no. I don't think. Well, if they really like haul ass, maybe. Uh okay. That's. It's been. Can I be like? F- it took Re- him four years. It took him four years to get from re- remake to rebirth. I'm going to be the annoying person with this question and be like, please do. Does it come out on these consoles? Yeah. Could it come out on the next console? Like, does it come out on both? You know, oh, that, that's, that's what I meant is, does it make it out before there is a PlayStation yeah. six is what I really meant. Like probably it'll, it'll, less is my bet, but like, yeah, will like, it come out on PS five? Probably. And absolutely. PS6. Yeah. Yes, they, they absolutely, they will ship a PS five skew no matter what. That's right. let me, yeah. let me, to, to clarify, but I meant more, are they going to be targeting the new hardware right, is what you're right. asking. Like, like is, is there going to be a PS6 on, on the scene before this third game gets out? I, they could mm-hmm. they could make it, actually. They could. I, it, it kind of really depends on um, where along they are in this whole... Like, if this game... And again, I have no idea. I've not played pure speculation. If this game is using environments that are going to be in the next game and they don't have to redo overworld maps. And I don't know how that stuff is going to work out and set pieces. And if you're just revisiting them, maybe, but if they, if they, you know, the first game uses stuff that changes throughout the game. So yeah. you, you know, can't kind of use Midgar Midgar. That's the name, right? Midgar. Yeah. And you don't really go back there. So it's yeah. assets that you're not so going to use in the second game. Shoulder shrug. Um, I can't yeah. say the last thing I'll say, and I'm sure this is not in there and, if it were, they would have talked about it by now. I would. I, it would be amazing if there was an overworld map <laughs> in Rebirth because well, there is none in Seven until you get out of Midgar, right? Well, mm-hmm. that's what, like the the classic tiny tiny sprite yeah. walking around a 
Do you think there's it, none? Oh, I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. Like, JRPGs have not done that in... Well, I, I can't speak for all of them. Hmm. I should Final Fantasy is... I should, I should narrow that quite a bit. It's Final in, Fantasy has not had an overworld since... Sea of Stars has an overworld. Nine? Yeah, but that's an intentional throwback. Like they are, they are targeting nostalgia on that one. Mm. I think wasn't nine the last Final Fantasy to have like a true overworld? Well, nine, think, yeah, like 10, 10 definitely does not, or does it? So how do you? I, I mean, I, I can imagine, but is it just you pick destinations to go to instead of an overworld? I don't know. I really don't know. Okay, uh, 10, 10 does not have an overworld, right? I'm positive it doesn't, but now I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> I would guess 10 doesn't, if it has an overworld, it's not tiny sprites. Um, I want to say eight did though, right? Yeah. Eight absolutely does. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I, again, I'm super early on. I'm, I'm going to play some more of it. I, I, you know, I really have to get in the right mood for a final, these final fantasy remakes. Not that I have to force myself to play them. It's more like, all right, buckle up. You kind of know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to dedicate the time? Right. Yeah. Like, that's unlike something like a sea of stars or things that are like, I don't really know what's going to happen here. This is, I feel like I pretty much got what this game is going to be about. Yeah. That's kind of where I've been at with remake, like hitting, hitting some slower stretches has kind of slowed my progress a little bit, but yeah. I feel like it, I feel like it's picking back up again. Uh, it did make me go, not make me, didn't force me to do it. I didn't have to go do this, but there was a sale on Steam to go uh, uh, for the uh, Final Fantasy franchise. And so mm-hmm. all the games were on sale. I think it might be over. So if you're listening to this and I was like, after my son was like, oh, should I play Final Fantasy seven? Do I have to play the other ones? Do I have to play Final Fantasy six before I play seven? I was like, nah, you really you don't, don't have to do anything. You don't want to. You don't have, you don't, and you especially don't have to go play those. Uh, and he's like, what if I want to? And I was like, well, you, you can. I've, I bought that bundle that time with the uh, remastered pixel versions. Uh, and that was yeah. one through six. But I have a, my, my post, my seven and up is scattered everywhere. It's all like, oh, I've got it on PlayStation, whatever it came out on and here and there. And I was like, ah, I should just scoop these up while they're on sale and fill in the catalog. I had a couple of them. So I did. Wind up spending a, a you know whatever it was sixty bucks on the scoop the rest up, and I realized, you know, I'm glad I have these on PC because now they're just in one place, and when the consoles change, I've got these all here, and especially for for the kids if they want to play it, I don't have to break out an old console, right? It'll mm. just it for a longer time than the console generation. These should be playable on whatever. As long as Steam lets me license, it keeps my licenses up, should yeah, be here. As, as long as, A, as long as Valve doesn't go anywhere yeah, or change its policies drastically, and as long as subsequent Windows versions don't break compatibility in a way yes. that doesn't get addressed. Like, I tried to launch original Geometry Wars on Steam over the weekend. Yeah. That it does not run anymore. That's a bummer. Like, you can, you can find fixes. You can go in Steam forums and it's like, oh, go copy this DLL from this one director to this other okay. one and then it should run. And most people seem to think that works, you know, like there's usually fixes, but uh, that there is, there is a bit of compatibility rot that goes on. So, but, I, but, but broadly you're, you are right. Like that's, and I feel like that's maybe a conclusion more and more people are coming to. <laughs> yeah. I think the longer the tail on consoles gets where it's like, oh man, I got to break out a PS2 to go get my disc version of this and, and yeah. make sure and hope if that PS2 works, right? Like if that thing is running and it, 
just made sense to me. I did the same thing with Assassin, Assassin's Creed uh, on the last like big Ubisoft franchise sale they had. It was like, you know, I've got these scattered all over. I'm just going to scoop them up during a sale and get them on one place. Why? I mean, look, part of me is broken and I like collecting things, okay? Part of me is like, again, when I was playing through, what's the name of the la- latest one that came out? Assassin's Creed? Um, Mirage. Uh, what is yeah. it? Mirage. Mirage. Again, my son saw me playing that. And he's like, oh, like, do you have all these? And I was like, I do. I have, I've got them all um, across seven consoles. Whether I should or not, I do. <laughs> I mostly liked 60% of them, let's say. Anyway, that's uh, Final Fantasy. I've got them all. Capture them all. The ones they don't have, though, are like Dirge of Cerberus, um, you know, um, some of the spinoff games that were exclusive to like the DS, obviously. Uh, um, those games, not on the PC. So can you get the full Final Fantasy VII experience? I don't know. Can you get the full Assassin's Creed experience? I'm going to read a tweet here. Okay. From John Linneman at, Dark, at uh, Digital Foundry. Uh-huh. That it, this is from a couple weeks ago. That is very much what you're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: based on averages from how long to beat, if you were to 100% every Assassin's Creed game, including DLC, it would take you 1,393 hours. Which no, is thank fi- you. Which is 58 days straight without stopping. That's who's up for the challenge? That's not me. So much. Bring it to TikTok. The Final Fantasy challenge. Let's go. And that's just an estimate. And that's game playing time. Yeah, like those are averages from from that site, of course. Uh, that's not stopping to do body yeah, no, that's, things. Yes, that's fifty eight hours of game time. Yeah, that I'm is good. A, that is that is a fifty eight hour. That's a fifty eight day. Uh, sorry, days, not hours. That's a fifty eight days slash played. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that's, if that's also. I don't know if that's the portable Assassin's Creeds as well. I wonder if I cashed in how many I've played and and one hundred percented. Um, you certainly don't need to one hundred percent those games, but what my reduced time i bet i got like three i could knock like 300 hours off somewhere with you know if i cash them in anyway look forward to our next uh uh session 58 days of assassin's creed our next uh uh tier where that's it strap me in and put a tube in my mouth <laughs> put a tube in my mouth and a tube in the other end and catheter catheter yep. it up and we'll just go starting from the first one because i'm sure that's what people want to see 58 days of assassin's creed uh Brad, if you could go back and play one Final Fantasy two completion, had to, let's say, not even you, you could, had to, which one would you just pick right now? For, like, enjoyment? Yeah. You had to pick one. Man, I There's don't a know. gun to your head, but yeah. you get to pick which one you want to play. Yeah. Uh, gosh. It could be one that you never played before, and you're like, I'll yeah. just play the one I haven't. Something I have been thinking about doing on a stream at some point, not the whole thing necessarily, but at least the beginning is Final Fantasy five. Okay. Which I have never played still to this day. Is that the first jobs system one? Uh, the job system came about in like two and three, I think. Okay. Like two or three, or maybe both. Um, I'm not. Five is one of the ones I hear the least about. Five is the only Super Famicom one that never came here. So, like, four uh. and six are two of my all time favorite games. So, it's like insane that I have never touched five. I mean, it, it was it was years later before it got its first English translation. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't get come, it did not come over here in, in the era. Um, but there's like there are ROM patches now for the Super Famicom ROM that patched the Game Boy Advance translation into it. Oh, because of course I don't want to play <laughs> I don't want to play the Pixel Remaster or the GBA one or any of those. I want to play the one that I wanted 
at the time, right? Mm-hmm. It, do you this, know where the is, translation from the Pixel, Pixel Remaster comes from? Is that a um, new translation? I don't know, dude. <laughs> going down, going down the rabbit hole of transla- generations of translations uh-huh. for any given one of these types of games is a uh-huh. whole thing. Oh my god! Like, try patching, try patching FF4J sometime with an English translation, and look at how many there are. Like, that's the original Japanese version of four mm-hmm. because famously the version we got was quote unquote easy type. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. You remember that story? They I brought do, the, I do. they brought the version of FF four for children over to the U S no, that was mystic quest. I'm well, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This one also, anyway, like if you want to like patch English into the actual original Japanese version of four, like that's a whole thing of like, there's entire like blogs out there dedicated to which of these six translations is the superior one. That's great. Uh, anyway, yeah, I might say, I might say five. I might say, five? like, Hey, I would like to patch up people like that GBA translation a lot. I would like to patch that ROM and play that. Okay. Five. Good on you. Um, I don't know which one I'd pick. I'd probably pick one of the later ones. Like what's the lightning one? Is that 13? 13. Yeah. yeah. Like something like that. I haven't touched those. It's been a Thir- while. 13 is great after 20, 15, 20 hours. <laughs> Uh, that is Final Fantasy VII Remake Rebirth. Uh, Rebirth, end of this month. We'll have more to say about it closer to release, I am sure. I think that's going to do it for the games for this section. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about news and the f- nothing less than the fate of Microsoft and Sony. So stick around. We'll be right back. We are back. And... If you remember, we here at Nextlander were deciding the fate of Microsoft. Will you have a console in the next five years or will you won't? And it seems like somebody was listening to this podcast. Brad Shoemaker, Mm -hmm. Phil Spencer's gotten out there and he said to me, I'm listening to you. To you? He said, said, we're listening to you. Uh, we talked last week about the rumors going around, uh, basically surrounding the core, which was Microsoft putting, and we talked about this a couple of times over the course of this podcast, Microsoft putting its first party games on other consoles, which led, (gasps) which led to big speculation and a lot of, a lot of, uh, I don't know, internet fervor and ringing and ringing. Uh, over a hubbub, hubbub mm-hmm. over is is Microsoft some, some some ballyhoo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Microsoft getting out of the it's a veritable Donnybrook out here. <laughs> Console Fur. business? Are they the new Sega? Are they just going to license their stuff as software out to other? consoles is this library i have accrued on this microsoft xbox platform going to be worth nothing Brad are video games over are video, video games, games are done over. yes i can confirm exclusively uh thumbs up from brad video games are over brad right. what's going thank on? god getting into painting <laughs> um yeah we said this last week but i still think it's funny that it was like a month ago or more now that the first wave of this came out around sea of thieves and hi-fi rush and everybody mm-hmm. was just Everybody just shrugged and was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Hi-Fi Rush seems like it would be cool on a Switch. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second wave came along when it was stuff like Starfield and, and Hellblade 2 and Gears of War. <laughs> and then the sky started falling. Anyway, we know why that is. Um, They have now said we will know, well, like hours after this podcast posts publicly, we will know exactly what they are prepared to say about this situation. 
because they have finally said when they will be talking about it and in what manner. And the manner turns out to be a podcast. I do like your phrasing of that, of we will know exactly what they are prepared to tell us about this, right. not the situation, just what they will communicate about the yeah, situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, know, who knows what plans are still in the works that they will not address, but um, I don't know why I just defaulted to expecting some kind of live stream around this thing. Because I guess that's what everybody does now. But then I started thinking about it and like, okay, A, either the news is not that big a deal mm. or B, the news is not going to go over well or both. But it's got to be one or both of those things that would relegate this to a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is not necessarily the most auspicious way to make a big earth shattering announcement that you're super excited about, you know? Well, I, I think the, the initial thing before we, they said, Phil said it was a podcast was, um, quote, we're listening and we hear you. We've been planning a business update event yeah. for next week. And a business update event doesn't ring as podcast to me. So I, I'm kind of with you and thinking they might have some, I mean, business update event kind of rings as a shareholder group call. But, um, you know, I guess when all was said and done remembering that these are rumors and leaks and stuff that is tied to some of the filings they had that that got leaked out from their um, Activision Blizzard acquisition. And so maybe they weren't planning on putting together a whole PowerPoint, you know, presentation for this stuff. Yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, you know, to be fair, like this does just let Phil Spencer sit down and talk candidly and at length, you know, in a way that he couldn't, if they were doing some stage managed presentation. Um, so I mean, you know, if anything, I expect this to be a more interesting way to present this information than if they had done some big manicured thing. But but it does it does kind of feel like maybe they're trying to downplay it a little bit. I don't know. We'll see how it goes over or what they have to say. So um, that's the um, that's the prepared uh, uh, podcast that they're going to do. Not prepared is maybe not the right word. The planned podcast they're going to do, but some information has started to be reported on. Yes. Yeah. yeah I'll just say that is, that's the official Xbox podcast. I should right. say at noon Pacific on Thursday, the 15th Okay, is when that will be up and all the info will be in there. Uh, yeah, the verge, the verge has reported like pretty definitively what they say is going to happen, which kind of leans a lot more toward the dipping their toe in, like easing into this end of the spectrum mm-hmm. that was initially reported weeks ago. They say it's going to be hi-fi Russian pentiment up front that are coming out on other platforms. They don't say which on which maybe it's both on both. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's both of those games on switch and PS five. Who knows? Um, and then see if thieves potentially down the line, like later this year is what they say. So these feel right to me. Yeah. Like n- nothing against any of those games to be clear. No. I'm not saying like those games are not important or whatever, but those are definitely like smaller games, you know, like those are not, those are not Starfield. And well, and is- again, if you're talking about dipping your toe, if you're talking about just sort of easing into this idea of putting your stuff on other platforms, I feel like if you're going to pick some games from your recent catalog, those are the ones you go for. Yeah, especially because they're like highly acclaimed, you know, like High for Rush yeah. and Pentiment, both like well-loved games, like the people would love to see those in playable in more places. And so and so The Verge is reporting their, they say they have sources who are familiar or close to the, the plan. Uh, this is where they're getting their information from. This is not official Microsoft statement uh this no. is kind of reporting on background i don't know the, the actual journalistic term but um 
you know, they go through in this article. It's kind of interesting to see why this strategy might be taking form for, for, for Xbox and for Microsoft and the numbers. Well, how mm-hmm. do the numbers play out? The numbers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as we've talked about last week, like Xbox is significantly behind PS5 this generation in hardware sales. Game Pass has kind of stalled uh, in growth. I mean, it seems like it's still growing, but not that much. I think yeah. it was just a report out like yesterday that said that it's more like two to one PS5 to Xbox now mm. in sales. Not three to one. Uh, yeah, so that's like better, but still not still not amazing for Microsoft. Um, anyway, it's you know it's all the same stuff we talked about before. It's you know consoles have not been moving in quantity. Game Pass is kind of flat. Like they need to branch out and explore mm-hmm. other opportunities. Um, but there is this news from uh, Shannon Liao reported this, I believe, in her newsletter that they held a town hall last week where mm-hmm. Phil Spencer told and Xbox employees uh, that they are not. And how did she phrase it? Told employees that there were no plans to stop making consoles. Right. And, and that Xboxes would continue to be part of a strategy that involves multiple kinds of devices. So I believe that. <laughs> so yeah. do I. Same. Uh, I, I really thought that people are getting way, way out ahead of yeah. what felt like reasonable behavior on Microsoft's part when they started talking about, we're shutting down Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. That's some real, the sky is falling shit. Yes. Now, now how they pursue a strategy going forward in terms of what, what the next Xbox is and all the variables around that will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, sure. very different. Who can Cause, say? Cause, cause I, I don't think they, I don't like just going I mean, they literally just tried this. In fact, they've tried it two generations in a row now where they went toe-to-toe with Sony on the same date? PS5 and Series X, not the same date. They were like a week apart or something. They were very close. I think they were literally, not literally the same day, but literally like within a week or two of each other. It was definitely the in the same month. PS4 and Xbox One were the same, where it was two generations in a row where they launched very similar consoles very like right on top of each other. And Xbox came out behind in both of those situations so i don't think doing that a third time is going to be appealing to them i don't know there were some other interesting things out of this reporting that i had not heard of or considered or or was not front of mind but you know microsoft has gone out there and said part they have stated a big part of their activision blizzard purchase was king and they're mm-hmm. trying to basically buy a mobile presence, right? They, they can't right. get one started from the ground up. They're trying to just buy one that has a big mobile presence. I was not following this whole Apple EU proposal, and I thought it was really interesting to kind of read up on it and try to understand it, and I won't even pretend to fully understand what – I had to read it like three times to fully understand the pricing structure of it, but it sounds like they are – proposing apple is proposing to allow third-party marketplaces to exist outside of the apple store but you have to pay the piper still with like 50 cents i think it was if you're over a certain a threshold i think it's like a million downloads you start paying 50 cents per download or update uh i believe it was yeah i've not followed that stuff super closely not the not the kind of like surcharge they've rolled out but that, that's all due to like what was a pretty landmark decision on the part of the eu to require apple and google to essentially allow third-party uh storefronts mm-hmm. or open that stuff up like they basically said the walled garden yeah exclusive on your device app store is is too anti-competitive but then yes they 
Apple is definitely attempting to get theirs, even as they are required to allow yeah. other other people to sell stuff on their phone. So their mm. their thing here is any app that sees more than a million installs per year must pay Apple a 50 euro cent fee for every new installation over the first million. That fee is charged once per every user each year. App updates count as installations as well. Um, so. Microsoft has gone a record being like, this sucks. This is not the solution for a third party store. Uh, because you know, obviously they want to get into this mobile marketplace and retain as much off platform fees as possible, right? Like as, yeah. as not pay through Apple. They want to charge and not have Apple. I'm sure if you had Microsoft stuff or whatever Activision Blizzard King thing is going to be on there and you have Game Pass, you're going to get something. And I wonder if you bought Game Pass through whatever app you had there, if those fees would also get a bite taken out of it. I don't mm -hmm. know. I'm not going to pretend to know. But I'm what I do know is they want to retain as much percentage of a initial purchase as possible. So I don't know if this affects some of their strategy going forward. These There's a lot of moving parts in these businesses. And I think in this reporting also said, Brad, correct me if I'm wrong, um, didn't it say something like Xbox overtook Microsoft, like uh, um, in terms of revenue, like a year or two ago? The gaming business the specifically. Gaming business? Yeah. Yeah. That overtook uh, Microsoft's software. I think it's, it basically has become one of their most like profitable divisions. Yeah. I think the fact of what you're thinking of is the gaming business is now more profitable than Windows. Windows, yes. Uh, which uh, is a big deal. Yeah, um, it is. I mean, Windows revenue has definitely been falling for years as they stopped selling it and requiring everybody to pay for it all the time, although they'd certainly harvest plenty of data out of it. Mm -hmm. um, you're the product now as a Windows user. Always the product. But do you still um, have to pay for Windows, though? I feel like you do. If I bought Windows 11 without an upgrade, don't I have to buy it? You, so you can now use Windows in perpetuity without activating it, but they lock a bunch of stuff out. Super lame. Um, so that's why... That's why, like, every set of benchmarks you see that, like, hardware review sites do all use, like, the default <laughs> default Windows wallpaper and stuff because you can't change any of that if you don't activate it. Does it still have mm -hmm. that, like, please activate watermark? Um, I don't think the watermark is there okay. anymore. I can't remember. Um, anyway, I, I thought that revenue stuff is interesting. I thought the mobile, even mentioning the mobile stuff in this write-up is interesting to kind of paint maybe a bigger revenue picture of what they're trying to do. The Game Pass stuff. Like you said, Brad, kind of tailing off a bit and what they're looking for. I wonder if Phil Spencer will get into some of those things on the podcast. Yeah, as they are yes. clearly exploring other revenue streams to, to, I would say, bolster, you know? Yes, that's, I know, I, I feel like he kind of has to. Like, like why else just, do you say you're doing this? Like if he just comes out, I mean, you know, they do have to confirm what is being reported, assuming that's accurate or correct the record if it's not. But, you know, if all he does is come out and says like, Hey, these two downloadable, like twenty dollars downloadable games, are coming to Switch and PS Five now or in a month. Maybe, maybe they come out right then. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's like, hey, they're available now, which would be kind of cool. But if it's just those three games, it's like, okay, cool, it's good to know, but that's not exactly earth shattering. But like, I feel like with all this turmoil out there, he's got to like, he's got to at least gesture toward their larger plans around mm -hmm. hardware and devices and platforms down the line. And I think one of the bigger things too, that I really hope he addresses and forgive me if this is by the time you hear this, you might know, and maybe you'll be like, that's so bananas, Vinny. Why would you even say that is if I pay for game pass, 
do I get that game on another console for a discount or free? Are we going to be probably able to- not? Uh, almost certainly not. Like, are we bringing? Are we bringing anything from the Microsoft ecosystem over to these other places? I'd say the one thing, and I can't, I can't really speak to this because I have not played Minecraft on like Switch or PS Five. But do you log into your Microsoft account in that game on those platforms? You, you do, do n- right? I, I think if you're playing, I forget which versions. Bedrock, the 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 one that's not the Java version. Yeah, that's that's pretty much everywhere except on PC at this point. Yeah. So um, yes. So you do sign into Xbox. Pr- do you get do you get I'm, Xbox achievements over there? I'm pretty sure because I play with the kids, and I'm pretty sure on the iPad they use their Xbox accounts. Like, man, I don't know. Like, I, I would guess they're probably just going to port these games and they'll use the platform native features and that'll be it. But but maybe you do. Maybe you do sign into an Xbox account on top of the PS5 version of Hi-Fi Rush. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I mean, look, I'm very skeptical that I would get that. I would get Hi-Fi Rush for free on a Switch if I'm Oh, no, that, that absolutely will not happen. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the platform holders, if they're going to allow that game on their platform, they want the money or they want yes. their cut of the sale of that game. Unless, um, unless they, unless, unless this is a way bigger announcement than we are giving it credit for. And they come out and say, Hey, we have struck a deal for game pass to carry over in limited, uh, situations or something. I mean, I don't think that's the thing you announce on a podcast though. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah, that's, that's almost too big. I feel like that's another tier of game pass. Aside that's summer from games. Ultimate, like right? that's the thing you're up on a stage talking about. Yeah. Like, you know, the, it's been, God, I think it's like 2018 or 19 is when the talk started that like, Spencer wanted, or the you know Microsoft leadership wanted Game Pass on Switch, and they got somewhat close to talking right. about it or something. I mean, it's not out of the, you know, it's not. It, it might sound bananas, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that there's another tier of Game Pass because you know Ubisoft has their thing where you get you sign up for their thing and you get their a certain amount of games. You know, EA has their thing. Microsoft could do it, and you mm-hmm. could they could have it on another platform. It just Something something seems off about it. Something's not j- clicking in my brain of it working, so it seems really wild. But I think more likely is, yeah, will you get an achievement, a unified achievement thing? Like, will you will you have unified tracking in some kind of ecosystem? Will you get uh, cross pro- cross progression across um, you know Microsoft ecosystem? That, so, yeah, actually, I think the cross. I mean, like, I still care about ach- achievements. I know a lot of people hate them, but like the, the cross save is the more more functional example there. Yeah, exactly. Of like, that's something Microsoft does emphasize across all versions of their games. Yeah, like that is the one thing that they probably would absolutely want to do if they could. Yeah, but there's a very good chance they just won't be allowed to. I don't know. So yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. And again, if you're listening to this on Thursday, um, uh, um, you might know already, and it could just be. Hey, we're testing the waters with these games to see what yeah. happens. Yeah, actually, you know what I mean. I'm going to like amend what I just said. Like, I feel like recent Ubisoft games, like the like Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. Yeah, like you straight up just can upload cloud saves to Ubisoft service from like the PS5 save screen. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So like they're already allowing third parties to access their own offsite like save apparatus. So maybe maybe they will have. Like Hi-Fi Rush, which progress shared between PS5 and Xbox would be kind of crazy. Seems weird. It's yeah. a, it seems like a weird future. I look like more way for for some reason. I feel like this is a weird distinction, but for some reason that seems way crazier to me than just selling a Microsoft-owned game on a PS5. 
but being able to share the save between consoles like that's where it starts getting weird for me i, I just i also wonder if that market is so slim you don't you don't put that work in like the amount of people that are playing hi-fi rush on their ps5 and on their xbox is probably a pretty small piece of that pie right yeah i mean i think there it would just be more about being able to tell a consistent story you know just yeah. saying like hey anywhere you play our games you're going to be able to interface right. with everywhere else you play our games like, yes you're just, in the system right yeah um yeah we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens that's uh pretty soon uh, uh again you probably know now if you're listening to this after that announcement uh let's move on to the disney news here uh disney wants in on whatever epic has got going on to the yeah. tune of 1.5 billion in <sighs> epic stock epic share yeah an equity stake equity stake uh, let me pull up the disney statement yes disney will invest 1.5 billion to acquire an equity stake in epic games alongside the multi-year project, which rolling back in the statement to the top is quote, an all new games and entertainment universe that, that will further expand the reach of beloved Disney stories and experiences. That's the you project. Know, I'm tempted here to make my video game McDonald's joke again about Fortnite, but you know, generally when they did those McDonald's promotions, the companies that were doing them did not have to buy billion dollar stakes in McDonald's <laughs> in order to make them happen. This is fucking wild. It's a lot of money. It's a, it's lot. a lot of money, but also it's what they're doing and it's what they're, they're talking about doing, which yeah. is to say, I mean, like Disney has been dipping their way back into video games more and more, mostly by licensing out to other companies and whatever. But like there's, there's, they're, they're going harder than they had in a while. And then you see stuff like Bob Iger talking about like, you know, uh, we we realize that people are using screen time for a lot of video games these days as if that's something that just came out of left field for him. Yeah. And it's like, well, we got to get in on this video game thing. What are the kids playing? Fortnite? Fuck it. Billion dollars. Let's go. Uh, where's my checkbook? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they they do. They do pay lip service to their current model at the bottom of the statement they put out. Um, Disney's games business continues to deliver strong results since it shifted to a licensing business model in 2016. Yeah. So 2016, if you remember, is when they killed Disney Infinity and oh yeah, started doing things like licensing Star Wars to EA and things like that and mobile. Um, I guess that's doing quite well for them, but Fortnite is too big to not be in on, apparently. And you know they've had they've had Marvel stuff in Fortnite proper. They've had Disney stuff. I think Disney stuff in characters and stuff in Fortnite proper. I guess it maybe sounds like to me, hearing you say it again, this will not be in that Fortnite Fortnite universes thing. Maybe this is a separate thing. It's really hard to parse. I mean, the language is a little vague. I guess this is going to exist alongside Fortnite rather than within it. Yeah. Like in, it's so not like, Lego. It's not going to be Disney Fortnite a la Lego Fortnite. No, I maybe. don't think so. It's okay. a, in addition to being a world-class games experience and interoperating with Fortnite. Maybe it will. I don't know. The new, the new persistent universe. Well, that sounds like it's separate. That sounds like it's going to be a separate thing that interfaces with Fortnite in some way. If, if I had to guess, well, the the big universe thing that they would definitely be calling a metaverse thing if that term had not been poisoned, <laughs> yeah. uh, that will be a separate thing. But the shit that you buy, like the avatars, mm. the the dances, whatever other bullshit, the Disney stuff they, they throw in there, I bet you will be able to take a lot of that stuff into regular Fortnite. Yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like. It basically, in addition to interoperating with Fortnite, the new Persistent Universe will offer a multitude of opportunities for consumers to play, watch, shop, and engage. 
Aha. With content, characters, and stories from Disney, et cetera, et cetera. Engage with my content. Uh, yeah, so it absolutely sounds like, I mean, they literally talk about characters, shopping for characters and stuff. That does seem like something that should carry back and forth. I mean, that that is the way that it would interoperate with Fortnite, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 1.5 billion, a lot of money. Yeah. And at the end of the paragraph, this will all be powered by Unreal Engine. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> we were going to use Lithtech, but uh, Unreal maybe seems like a safer bet. Yeah, the, so uh, it, it kind of it kind of does now that I I had just assumed this would all be part of Fortnite, but the more I look at this, the more it seems like it's totally a separate thing. I, I think parts of it will be part of Fortnite, but you know when you're going with a company like this and they are making this kind of investment, it makes sense that they want to want to build out a very special thing for yes, them. Yes, they want they want the white glove treatment for well, let their me, thing. Let me ask you this. All right. Let me ask you this, you, you two gamer heads out there. Okay, why you got to insult me? Well, let me ask you this. What gets initially bigger hype and clicks? Something like, would a standalone Lego Fortnite have gotten as many people in it versus Lego Fortnite being inside the thing that people are already launching Fortnite and then going in. I think Lego Fortnite did better inside of Fortnite. And I wonder if a Disney thing would do better inside the thing parents have already gotten their kids to get versus having to get another thing. You know what I'm saying? Well, yes and no, because I think this thing that they will probably have you download that is separate from Fortnite will also be free. Yeah. And it'll be, it'll be right there in your face in the Epic store and promoted probably in Fortnite. Absolute, yes. like to the hilt. To the yes. Hilt. Okay. Yeah. So you could probably launch it from that Fortnite launcher. And then, I mean, because when you launch Fortnite, it's now, part I, of the Fortnite galaxy of products. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't dig into this too much, but Lego Fortnite was technically a separate, or could be a separate download in the Epic Store, I believe, when it launched. I think you could download it in Fortnite or just download it separately in the Epic Store client. And just launch it from that client? I believe so. And I'm guessing you probably still were downloading Fortnite at the end of the day when you did that. But, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it it seems like there is more and more overlap there between what is Fortnite and what is a separate product. Yeah, because I don't know if you guys have launched Fortnite or played Lego Fortnite or any of those other ones fairly recently. But it's basically you open a launcher and there's just there's just a a carousel of the things that you then launch. So, yeah, maybe this thing just does both. And um, I, I guess my bigger question, my goofier question was. What does better, a Disney thing or a Fortnite thing in this age on a marketplace, on a video game marketplace? I mean, Disney is still a big brand, but Fortnite is Fortnite. Like culturally, I think Disney is still bigger, but in the video game space, like Fortnite probably has more traction. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know either. I, I mean, I think it would be very different if, if Disney had taken a different tack with their video game stuff over recent years. Nobody really thinks about Disney as a video game giant anymore. It's more of just a license holder that holds things that people want to make video games out of. Yeah. But now it's very much like those license games are doing well. Obviously, they've, they've gotten enough good developers working on that stuff that like the products have been mostly fairly solid to good. <laughs> and I think, you know, them saying, hey... Now we're partnering with the people who make one of the biggest video games in the world, one of the most popular things in the world. I think that draws in people that don't know that much about Fortnite, but are interested, especially if they're going to go broad with the universe and properties that they own. But, you know, there still has to be a degree of interest in video games. The average, like, Disney adult who does not play video games probably does not care that much about this. 
But if it's free, yeah, and to it's download a social, and, and it's like a and mess social around thing. with, yeah, and it's a social thing, yeah, that probably gets more people in the door than it would if it was a sixty seventy dollar product. Yeah, I imagine this appeal. I think you're totally right, Alex. I think uh, thinking about it now, I imagine this less of battle royale and more of the spaces they do in Fortnite, where you're watching mm-hmm. movies and we're having events and. They're unveiling new theme park things inside of their quote unquote, I'm just going to use it, metaverse that yeah. they uh, uh, want to build. And it's less of Mickey Mouse popping headshots on Goofy, you know? It's, uh, it's much more of we're in these social spaces and we're presenting the stuff you love about Disney World virtually here so you can be the biggest fan you want. You know, you say that. Yeah. But when you think about what they let Kingdom Hearts do with some of those characters. Uh-huh. I don't know if, like, giving Goofy a shotgun is actually that weird. Probably not that weird. Yeah. Huh. All right. My last question for you guys, because, again, video game heads. Mm-hmm. Gamer heads. Yeah. Um, Stop insulting my head. <laughs> Does this come out? Yes. Okay. So this dev- this product- I think this happens. This I happens. Think, I, think, I think they're probably, if they're announcing this, this is already far enough along that there's no stopping this. Brad, does this thing come out? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Is this thing online in six years? Hmm. Tougher question. You're asking me to think about anything in video games <laughs> six years from now, and I, I really could not even begin to okay. describe what the shape two, of video two, games will look like years, in six years. Uh, two years. Two years. Yes, I'll in two yeah. years, I think it still does. Yeah, still online? Sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Who knows if Epic is around in six years? You're right. Who knows... What is six years? I, I, I think Epic is still around. I think video games are still around, but I think the shape of the industry is probably just unforeseeable at this point. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this thing bombs. Really? I don't know. I, Lego Fortnite did really well. I just, it's so hard. Disney's, Disney's dabbling in this stuff. I, you know what? I, I, I'll shut my mouth. Disney probably makes bank off of all those things I look at and I'm like this product sucks that they're putting out but you know what they probably make so much money out of those kingdom tour games and all those like running around Disney parks that I should I'll just shut up I'm not a Disney person so I don't know yeah I'm not either but I also understand just the monolithic nature of that brand and how like you know how dedicated people are to loving Disney so you're right yeah but if it says Disney on it it'll do just fine uh, all right, uh, and now <laughs> third piece in the video game, uh, the third leg on the video game school stool. Obviously, the Microsoft, third pillar, <laughs> the third Microsoft pillar, Disney. Wait, wait, the Nintendo DS, the third pillar. <laughs> uh, They're gonna keep making Game Boys. Don't worry. Uh, the Game Boys coming. That Game Boy you like is coming back in style. The DS mm-hmm. totally separate. They're still gonna make Game Boys. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, Brad, what is going on with Sony? Um. They've got some earnings uh, reports out and some quotes off the back of those. There's like five different stories floating around that you will see in headline form off of uh, this stuff. Um, Some of which I don't think is really worth focusing on. Like some of it would make it sound like we were like kind of doom and glooming the fates of the PS5, which would be insane. Like they they missed their, they missed their sales target for, for, or on, are on track, I should say to miss their, sales target for uh, units shipped for the mm-hmm. five uh, mm-hmm. in this fiscal year. But like, again, that's not, they're revising down to 21 million. So 25, that's not, that's what's leading a lot of the headlines is the reason I'm talking about this, but that's not really what I wanted to talk about here. Um, but like I said, they've talked about other aspects of the business. The big one for me, just in, as someone who cares a lot about what video games are coming out at all times, 
this is the COO and CFO, I guess, uh, dual role uh, at Sony. Um, basically saying in the next fiscal year, there will be no major Sony franchises shipping new installments. Yeah, I thought that was pretty pretty interesting as like, well. I mean, you know, he cites God of War Ragnarok and Spider-Man 2 as examples of the type of games he's talking about. Uh, so, what is their fiscal year? Starts in March, I want to say. I, I, I'm not seeing that do, right now. I think it's you, March. I think I think that's through, yes, that is March 2025 mm-hmm. is, is what he's talking about. So, through through a year from next month. They don't. They will not be announcing any new. Like you know, you tell me what franchises they even are likely to be able to announce new installments in. Right. So now. that's like, the thing is that like here's what we know is in development. There's a Ghost of Tsushima sequel somewhere come down the pipe. Yes. There is. Okay. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good example of one that you could have actually seen maybe ship. That, that yeah. Will not be. But the fact that they haven't said anything much about it and shown anything of it like does not surprise me that that thing is more than a year away. Well, yeah. like. Yeah. Insomniac is working on Wolverine. Wolverine yeah, that, yeah, that's we know that's a 2025 game. They've said as yes, much. Yes, we don't know what Naughty Dog is doing as their next thing, but presumably, considering where things were at with that multiplayer thing, that they more or less shuttered, uh, and that they have put out the the Last of Us Two remake now. Presumably, they're just head down on whatever the next thing is, and that is not ready to be announced at this yeah. stage. Yeah, although that might actually not fall under what he's talking about, because he does say major, major existing franchise titles. Mm. If it's, um, a, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm saying if Naughty Dog is making an existing thing, but they yeah. also may not be. Yeah, they, the, the, the rumors are that the next game is a new IP from them, but okay. it's, hard, it's hard to say. And um, then beyond that... Is, uh, but there's Horizon. That's yeah, just... Like we're, that's we're too soon. Like, way, way too soon for a new Guerrilla game. Um Bungie obviously is still in Destiny Two land, and we don't know what their next thing is. Uh, well, besides Marathon, I mean, it sounds yeah. like Marathon is probably not their like next next thing. It's like a next thing, and I wouldn't even count that as an existing Sony franchise. You know, like that's yeah. more of a thing that you bought. I, I pulled up a list. The only God is this right? I don't. This may not be a complete list because you mentioned. Well, has the Ghost of Tsushima sequel ever actually been announced? I don't know that I don't it has. It but, ha- I don't think it has. But th- there's been so much rumoring about it, and I feel like everyone kind of just once they figured out how many copies that thing <laughs> sold, everyone just treated that as a foregone conclusion. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that would absolutely. be the next thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be shocked. I doubt if it's they're bringing not. Sly Cooper back. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, the, the reason I ask is I'm looking at a list of games Sony has announced that are not out yet, and it's not on there. But it's not a lot right now. It's Concord, which is that 70s looking sci-fi oh, yeah. first person mm-hmm. competitive shooter. Mm-hmm. The, the Until Dawn remake. Fair Games, which is another online competitive heist game. Okay. Uh, Marathon, which is now technically Sony. And Lost Soul Aside, which I don't remember what that is. Is, oh, what is that? I feel oh, like it's a it, that, character action game. Okay. Which Who's I making assume, that? Uh... Ulti Zero Games. Okay. And, and Sony is publishing it. So, like, that's all that is announced per this list. So, um, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I just brought all this up to say, like, what do the platform exclusives look like on the PS5 over the next, well, the next you know, year? This is first party developed, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, they can publish stuff. They could tie up exclusives in, in publishing, like, you know, Helldiver I, style, right? I That's the thing is that I wonder if they're they're probably just like secretly kind of relieved that Helldivers <laughs> is hitting the way that it's hitting because that's yeah. something you can at least ride for a little while. 
And also, especially like, you know, they, the reports were that they had, they originally had like a dozen live service games in development and then axed half of them, you know, mm. but still, that's, that's still a lot of live service games that they are still planning to carry through to completion. Yeah. Uh, at a time when live service is starting to seem a bit dodgier. So yeah, yeah for help for hell divers to hit this hard, I'm sure is a big relief. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. somebody in there is um, looking at a chart being like, see, I told you, see. Yes, it is still yes, possible. Yes, you're right. One of them hit. Good job. Um, uh, there's a there's a corollary to this because there was a lot of it. You said it at the top here, Brad, a lot of information floating around. Um, and this is a trend that this is not really news if you've been following this stuff, but they're, they want to bring more stuff to the PC. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we see more of that, but though I'm kind of pressed to think about what still needs to come to the PC that's a big moneymaker. Um, gosh. Because they, like, they've kind of brought a lot of things over. Most most of the kind of big late period PS4 games and PS5 games are like out or on the roadmap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just realized Death Stranding 2 is probably them, right? Yes. But that's yes. also not in this next well, fiscal year. Yeah, that's that's just published by them, though. Yeah. Like that. In fact, that was like the first game was only published on console by them. It wasn't. They didn't even publish the PC version. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so yeah, we'll see. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll in in some of that reporting, they want to be more aggressive about their PC approach, and so yeah, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's just like shortening the ex- exclusivity window, yeah, or, or trying to get day and date. I don't know. I mean, um, that that'd be great for PC fans. I mean, look, yeah. I think what we're seeing probably here, if we step back, is Sony and Microsoft trying to maximize investment on a game to get it in as many places as possible. And whether that's Microsoft looking to get their stuff on other consoles um, or Sony looking to get it on PC, they did not say they meant other co- platforms like the Xbox. I think they explicitly said, no, we yeah. need PC. Uh, heads up, don't misquote me here. Uh, so, you know, I think we're seeing, Alex, going back to your point about Disney in six years, a pretty decent shift in how even platform and first party looks at putting things on a console mm-hmm. which i don't know i mean the console like, market is just different now like it's, it's not it's not this is not the generation that last generation was where no. you know sony just fucking couldn't sell those ps4s fast enough like obviously the ps5 is doing quite well but i don't know that that thing by the end of its lifespan is going to hit ps4 numbers or not maybe not like it, it probably i assume it'll still go over 100 million. it'll be in the range but um seems like it's on track at least for that yeah but yeah like the just the relatively thinner release schedule that they're talking about here you know kind of the same thing with xbox like games have gotten so damn expensive and time consuming to make like you just can't ship as many of them as you used to Mm -hmm. and they have um they have that that slim came out last year right and that's that's the the place ps5 slim uh, yes no no price cut on that in fact that was another that's another headline swirling off of these comments they've also basically said like don't expect ps5 price cuts anytime soon if ever hmm. uh, because they just can't reduce the cost of manufacturing the way that they could in prior generations hmm. uh, that this thing just continues to be expensive to make and also like the the die shrink on the the soc and this thing like we're just at a point where you can't shrink chips anymore the way that you could for the last 20 years yeah 
So they're not going to be able to like make that thing smaller and cheaper fast enough to justify price cuts. And this, uh, this video games chronicle kind of ends here. The one you shared around with, uh, with the, the rumor that maybe there's a, a PS five pro in, yeah, like those, in the works. Those rumors have been persistent and I'm like <laughs> dying to see what's going to happen with that. Yeah. And that's the rumors are 2024, right? Yeah, they've all been between like September and November of this year for a launch for that is what everybody's been saying. I really wonder. So if that happens, if that happens, they would probably launch at current PS5 prices, right? Mm, or do you bump it I up even know. more? I could bump it up. Oh, man. I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's good. That's that's a pricey proposition. I, I you, could, know? I, you could you could see a $600. I could see a $600. But on that. I Maybe you got a price cut then. I don't know. I don't know. It's all speculation, but uh, they, you know, they, they, they could, they actually, they could avail themselves of this modular disc drive with that. Oh, and, and just sell a digital only pro that optionally can take that thing just like a regular one can. In At fact, the I guess price they, for the they, disc they, version they, of the PS five now. Yeah. Like, well, no, no, no. I mean, I just like independent of that, you know, they ah. could, they could offer a cheaper option if people are down with digital only to get a pro. Sure. Um, at say five forty nine or something like that. I'm just guessing. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, we'll just be playing Helldivers all through 2024. Yes. Fine. Yeah. Seems all right right now. Yeah. Yeah. I almost went out and got a slim last when when they launched it. Like I almost just went out and traded in my launch PS5 for a slim, but all those pro rumors picked up so much and put it at such a. Uh, you know, at, at a release date that's soon enough that I was like, ah, I might as well just wait and see what's going on. Wait and see what's going on. That's the video games industry. Mm-hmm. Wait and see what's going on for Microsoft. You might not have to wait too long for Sony. Ah, maybe we'll see what happens. End of the middle yeah. of the year, I guess. I don't yeah. know when, whenever new consoles are announced. Stuff stuff is getting weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. I like it when the business is weird. <laughs> I like it I when prefer it was healthier, but yeah, yes, right. yeah, yeah, yes, yes. That, <laughs> yes. that goes without saying, you know, but in terms of like companies making moves and like shaking up longstanding policies, you know, that kind yes. of thing in terms of like Xbox games on a PlayStation, that sort of thing, you know, it's like stuff that you never could have envisioned five or 10 years ago. Totally. Yes. Like play, playing God of War on an Xbox and playing uh Gears of War on a GOW's coming to a console near you. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's the branding's already there. Uh, that's it for the news. Yeah. Yep. For now, again, recording this before Microsoft gets out there and announces their, you have to mandatorily turn in your Xbox to a shredder or take mm-hmm. photos of it, of you smashing it with a hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an email address. It is podcast at nextlander.com podcast at nextlander.com. Brad Shoemaker, you got an email or two here. Yeah. Let's do a couple of quick ones here. Um, a uh, question from Rob in New Jersey. Okay, uh, Rob. I, I need to follow up on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was wondering if the crew has thoughts on the emergence of the exit eight likes that have been starting to crop up. I had no idea about this. Me either. Neither uh, did I. What, what would you be looking for in an expansion or evolution of the look and find style hallway game like the exit eight? Have you checked out any of these other observation games like Project 13, Surveillance Work, and False Dream? <laughs> oh man i have not um false dream did you say false dream is one of these 
I don't I'm know. Looking if, at it now. Oh wow! Yeah, look at that. Huh? You find yourself trapped in a dream. Uh-huh. If you can capture anomalies in the dream with a camera, you might be able to escape. That sure does sound like that. Mm-hmm. Like like explicitly exactly like that. Uh, you know, I feel like some of this is is probably now we're getting into the academic side, right? It probably comes from like a Five Nights at Freddy's kind of thing where you're looking to see what changed, right? Like a, you're watching the monitors to see what's going on, what's changing in the, I don't really know all that much yeah, about I mean, Five Nights at Freddy's, but. Let's be real. Exit 8 did not invent the style no. of game. It just, it, it created a novel concept for it and also made a really nicely, like visual package, simple, but very, very effective for what that is. Yeah, the, the look of it was a big part of it. I think, uh, I think not jump scary is what I like. I liked uh, kind of about exit eights. It's yeah, like unsettling horror. in places, yeah. but not that jumpy. There, there were a couple of jumpy things in there, but they were clever. You know, they were yeah. not, yeah. they were not predictable and, and trite. Like it's I was not just like, a face leaping at you and screaming, you right. know? Yeah. Uh, um, I like the horror genre of it. I think that works pretty well. So I think, I think you can kind of go through that. Um, so I like I like I like a purgatorial quality to it. Sure, mm-hmm. I like feeling like you're stuck somewhere you don't want to be, and there's no getting out. I wouldn't mind a more like more fleshed out Groundhog's Day like experience where you're kind of going through um, a day and you you have to kind of see what's a little bit different to try and get out of the loop, you know, and and kind mm-hmm. of explore that. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, uh, God, all three of these that he mentioned have come out in the last like three weeks. <laughs> Um, do we have a genre or the observation genre? Is that what No, there's no steam tag for it yet. Okay. Not yet. Games is moving too quick. Like I've got, we've got walking simulator, hidden object, horror, uh, psychological horror. Yeah. We need, we need a name for this type of game. Um, it's going uh, yeah. to be tough to beat the exit date though. Uh, how, how did ex- that game do? I did okay. I mean, considering it seems like it was mostly a very small-scale project, I'm sure it did way better than they had expected. Yeah, it's it's got 4,500 Steam reviews. That's pretty good for a multiplayer game like this. Multiple. Huh. Uh, like where you can uh, where you can be in the, looking around with other people to kind of, you know, like kind of group tag the anomaly and then run away. Uh, a lethal company meets Exit Eight. Where you're there to tag anomalies, and if you don't find them or figure it out, you are kind of your lethal company crew is stuck in this purgatory. Mm-hmm. That's what I. That's what I'm looking for. Okay, all yeah. right. Like, imagine if you entered the buildings and you were trying to look for the thing that was weird in the building. You know, mm-hmm. which maybe that's like those paranormal ghosts find the ghost games. I don't know. I'm kind of losing the thread of it. Uh, Brad, you got another email. Uh, here's an email from Octavis. Okay. When was the last time you seriously booed something? What would it take? What would it take for you to boo something in the future outside of it being racist, sexist, etc.? Okay. I so I, now, I don't, I don't think I've ever booed anything in my life outside of a wrestling show. Yeah. Uh, I, I like I've booed at the TV, like some of those twin peaks episodes. Yeah. Was I count? I, I guess definitely booing. Like, boo. I, I guess, yeah. I guess they didn't specify whether the, the boo E has to hear the booing or not. Yeah. Like, uh, I've, I've probably never booed something that wasn't calling for a boo. Like if somebody, you know, I guess like, a um, stand up or somebody did something that was supposed to get like an audience boo, you know, like a boo this man. <laughs> yeah. Or like, 
like uh, like a groaner, you know, like oh mm-hmm. boo, come on. Yeah, I think I, for the purposes of this question, I'm going to say it's like booing with malicious intent. Yeah. Let's say not not playing along with anything, but like saying, "Hey, you suck." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever done that in person to anybody. Um, only at wrestling shows where you're supposed to boo the heels. That is yeah. really the only time I feel like I've ever done that in a live environment. Or like I guess at my kids' concerts. Is, uh, yeah, just that. <laughs> just where I tough love. As soon as, man. as soon as your son gets up there, it's just like boo. Don't, you don't, don't want them getting too full of themselves. Boo, boo. Why are you even clapping? Why mm-hmm. are you clapping? They have you to sing learn. like a child. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. Let's all admit it. That band professor is going back to his room and drinking. <laughs> He's, mm-hmm. he, this is this is stop. I'll boo you too. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll do anything. <laughs> test me. Yeah, test me. Uh, no, yeah. I'm not a big booer outside no. of uh, expected contexts. Yeah, I. You don't need to. I don't need to add my voice to a thing that's already terrible. But you know what? A good boo every once in a while when you're watching something and mm-hmm. something disagreeable happens. You know, like just. One of my favorite things about Mystery Science Theater is that anytime they would do a movie where something like, you know, a guy slapping a woman or something happens, they wouldn't even do a joke. They would just yell, boo! <laughs> sure. And yeah. it's like, you know what? Yes, that works. That's yeah. good. All right. Uh, I'm trying to think. You know what? Okay. I mean, this probably falls into the uh, exclusion zone of what we said. I have booed at rallies where, like, counter-protests are. I have definitely, yeah. like... Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Like... But that probably falls into the part of like yeah. bigotry, racism, yes. whatever, whatever. I don't, I don't boo those. I heckle those. Mm. I yell things at them. I don't usually just yell boo. <laughs> boo. Yeah. Um, I've used boo to scare people. Boo. Does that count? That's okay. That's different. Okay. Uh, I've I played as a boo in a Mario game. I'm. Oh, you're King Boo. Yeah, I am King Boo. Uh, right. Brad, we got one more email. Yeah, uh, that's another Travis and Fargo. Oh, um, I do. I also have a Nathan and Tumwater I'm sitting on. Mm. To be clear, incubating. Uh, kind of same theme as the last email. Somewhat is it rude saying you're welcome to someone who didn't say thank you? Oh, depends on how you say it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with yeah, Alex. There, yes. is, there, is there is there any way to say that and not sound snarky? Actually, I'm not sure you're there welcome. is. You're welcome. No, you're welcome. Well, but if they I didn't say thank you, well, I, if they say something about it, say, "Oh, I thought you said thank you." <laughs> so you you hand me a glass of water, and then you just say, "You're welcome." There's no way that does not come <laughs> off as petty. <laughs> There's really no way out of that. Well, one. that's okay. That's fine. If that's how they want to read it, they're more than welcome to. But if they say, "I didn't say thank you," then I'm going to return to them and be like, "Oh, you didn't, huh?" That just sounds even more petty. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Anyway, I still said you're welcome. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you uh, you could say it as um, hey, can I use your bathroom? You're welcome. Uh, you're welcome to you're welcome to use it. That's a way to do it. I think you say you're welcome to there. <laughs> um, may I use your bathroom? You're welcome to. You're welcome. You're welcome, you're welcome to. You're welcome. Uh you're welcome. Uh no. No. Yes. You're, there's no way to say that in in the exchange of goods or services without sounding yeah. like a complete jerk. You're right. There is no way, and you should absolutely do it. You do it. I mean, look, I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. 
You're welcome. Oh, thanks, Dad. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. P- mind your P's and Q's. Um, emails, that's it? Yeah. We'll incubate the rest. We'll save the rest in the pouch. Again, uh, the email address is podcast at nextlander.com. We have some big, exciting news. If you're listening to this, Aww. you might be familiar with one of our other fine products. We want to engage you with our content. We want your, our content to be engaging. We want you to be content with our content. Our c- content content. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have wrapped up Twin Peaks season two with the Watchcast. We have we a have. very large finale that is currently You're up telling now. me, buddy. <laughs> uh, three-ish hours? Three hours. Three hours. We, we, we go through. We share our thoughts. We, we go through. We, we nail everything 100%. Mm-hmm. We and know we where have done now the entire original network series run. Yeah, it's true. We've survived... Uh, season one, season two strikes. We've had and uh, the lows. Everybody survived. James mm-hmm. <laughs> survived a lot of things. I'm not sure James survived, but you know, I guess we'll find out later. Uh, so we we are done with season two of Twin Peaks. We are doing two movies. The next of which, which next of which is Dick Tracy, a Brad uh, Shoemaker pick. Yes, Brad's pick of Dick Tracy. That'll be on. I had, I had to know. Monday. Yeah, I I'm had glad. To that was fun. And I'm glad had, to know. I had yeah. to remember. Uh, and uh, the movie and all the things surrounding that movie. Uh, and then after that will be Darkman, and then we'll have the rest of our schedule kind of announced with uh, Darkman. Yeah. We'll have uh, an actual theme for March. This was just, uh, hey, we got a couple of weeks left, so I just let you guys pick some movies, and I'm very happy with the picks you made. It's a Valentine's Day. The movies we'd love to share with everyone. Mm-hmm. There you go. Happy Valentine's Day. We're actually recording this on Valentine's Day. Uh, as I was reminded during the break, and I came up and said, oh, right, kids get Valentine's Day things at school. I forgot about that part of it. Uh, the movies we love and you love over on the Watchcast. Yep. So you can check check that out. I hope you enjoyed uh, Twin Peaks Season 2. We'll be coming back to that when, Alex? May is when we are going to do the return, and then at the tail end of April, we will be doing the uh, the Fire Walk With Me movie and the the missing pieces. Okay, so tail end of April for the next step in the Twin Peaks journey. Uh, So you can check that out. Uh, We have uh, Never Been a Better Podcast going up on Friday with, uh, speaking of movies, we talk a lot about our favorite movies, uh, the movies we hate, Mm -hmm. the movies we uh, don't cancel us, but maybe we like these movies over on Never Been a Better Podcast with Abby Russell and Dan Reichert. Uh, you can check that out again on Friday. Of course, you get the Ramble cast, uh, and uh, we'll have Planorama, Q&A, all the goodies, the patron, uh, patron's choice later this month over on patreon.com slash nextlander. Do you know you can get in there starting at five bucks? Only five bucks? Oh, only five. What a deal. Five dollars. And did you also know we can't do it without you? We just can't do it. Uh, We would just have to, we'd shut it all down. Much like Xbox and Microsoft, we just have to shut it all down. Mm -hmm. Just have to stop. Uh, You can go over to patreon.com slash nextlander. Tiers start at five bucks. You can find a tier that's right for you. That's where you're going to find the Watchcast. Never been a better podcast. All of that stuff. Alex, we are making plans to go to PAX East, you and I, 
It's about mm-hmm. time to mention that because we are probably going to have to uh, plan for that in the near well, future. We have not done one of these in a very long time. So uh, got to shake it out. Got to remember how to be around people. Uh, what we're going to be doing there, um, I'm not going to say quite yet. But, uh, It'll be that, announced soon enough. Yeah, we'll be announced soon enough because we still have to work out some of the logistics there. But um, I'm I'm planning on being there. So if you're mm-hmm. if anybody's going to be there, hopefully I'll see you there. Uh, that will not necessarily. I will not necessarily be on Patreon.com/slash/slash/nextlander during Paxies, but probably not. Something else that is over on the Patreon is the mysterious benefactors tier, and. They get their names read on this here show. Alex Navarro, would you mind reading those names for us today? Them's the rules. Gotta do it. Here are our mysterious benefactors for this week. Sean Miller, RRE, Infelicitous Rips, Kelly F., Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, Jerry Lee, Deirdre thinks that Pokemon could always use guns. They just choose not to. Gary Pesky, Robert Fisher, Bunny Fiend The, Peter Reardon, Chad Rita, Statics, Fantasticasm89, Andrew Jackson, Mega Crane, Special Agent Dale Razgriz Tooper, Brian Murphy, Randy Duax, Andrew Teepkin, Alex Wu, It's Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Trees. Thanks to all our mysterious benefactors, and thanks again to everyone who has continued to support us. And anybody who's new out there who wants to support us, again, go to patreon.com slash nextlander. You support us, and you support us doing things with Will Smith, who joined us on Helldivers 2 last week. Abby Russell, Dan Riker, Jeff Bacalar, Austin Walker, who join us. Well, I don't say every month, but you know we rotate people in for Never Been a Better mm-hmm. Podcast and different streams like that. Uh, by going there, you support them as well. So thank you very, very much for that. Couldn't do it again without you. Speaking of which, I think we mentioned Enshrouded. I think we're going to do Enshrouded this Friday. Let's let's do Enshrouded. Let's do Enshrouded. Right, there, was, there was some like, juggling around about uh, um, uh, Skull and Bones and Enshrouded, but I really want to see Enshrouded. Yes. So I think we'll go and check that out um, and see maybe Skull and Bones. I'll try that off on the side uh, for now. For now. Maybe we'll come back to it another time. Uh, I've got a, a Cyberpunk Gaiden. That's a side story stuff in Cyberpunk. That game's throwing a little dark uh, in some of those mm. side things. Um, curious to see where things go, and that'll be on Thursday. Brad, you're kicking it up on Thursday as well. Yeah. After not, that. Not haven't quite decided what yet. Got a lot of options. Skull and bones God, all oh night. Oh, boy. Man. <laughs> it's like... There's like nothing among current games I want to play less than Skull and Bones. <laughs> no offense to Skull and Bones. Um, I don't know. I've got I've got a bunch of yeah. I've got a bunch of Steam Next Fest demos of my own. I haven't checked out yet. Uh, a number of other ideas. I'm not sure what I'll do yet. Okay. But it's 2 p.m. Pacific. I'll be doing something. 2 p.m. Pacific on the internet. 5 p.m. Eastern on the internet. And like we said before, Alex and I went through a bunch of Steam uh, Next Fest demos on Monday, so you should check that out as well. Thank you, Alex Navarro. Thank you. Thank you, Brad Shoemaker. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>